This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Friday, August 27th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, Philadelphia International Airport will be the second airport in the nation to receive evacuees from Afghanistan. Two planes, each carrying 200 to 300 people, could land at the airport as early as Friday or Saturday. A spokeswoman for the mayor's office confirmed that Philly International will receive Afghan evacuees, but did not confirm the timing or the amount of people. Philly International will be the second airport in the nation to receive arrivals from Afghanistan as part of the operation. Dulles International airport in Virginia was the first. Philadelphia stands in solidarity with Afghan refugees and we look forward to providing them a safe haven in our welcoming city, said Mayor Jim Kenney. The arrivals will come after at least 60 Afghans and 13 U.S. troops were killed during bombings in Afghanistan on Thursday. Officials said two suicide bombers and gunmen attacked crowds at the airport in Afghanistan. The Islamic State group um, claimed responsibility for the killings. Uh, the Taliban were not believed to have been involved in the attacks and condemned the blast. President Joe Biden said the latest bloodshed would not drive the uh, U.S. out of Afghanistan earlier than scheduled and that he has instructed the U.S. military to develop plans to strike. Philadelphia police released new images on Thursday showing what the infamous Fairmount Park rapist could look like as the search for him continues nearly 20 years after the first attack. Three images released at an afternoon news conference showed a Latino man at 25 years old, 40 years old, and then 60 years old. Police say the images were created using DNA uh, pheno, phenotypic analysis, uh, which uses DNA to predict the physical characteristics of the subject. Basically, they're making him look older uh, in case, you know, you were mm. encountering him. You might know, you know, you might recognize him from the sketch. So what this technology does is treats your DNA like a br- blueprint and what your physical appearance is or may be, said the Philadelphia Police Lab Manager, Ryan Gallagher. I wonder how accurate stuff like this is. I mean, th- I thought there was going to be more in this because you had teased so it did I. an announcement um, yesterday. But... I, th- I thought maybe the actual had a suspect in I know, head. yeah, that's yeah. what I was hoping. No, they were releasing these because they're they're not giving up. They're still looking for them. I mean, a, a I know, woman was killed, you know? I know, yeah, over the years they've done forensic. They bring in experts that uh, try to, uh, you know, uh, assume what someone might look like, you know, over the course of, over age. The course of you I, know, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. And sometimes they get it fairly close. Yeah, but, yeah. But I'm curious if this is... Uh, uh, I hadn't heard of this before. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay. So combining that with info about ancestry and facial modeling, they're able to use the info to come up with the composite sketch. Police are using this in tandem with DNA gene- genealogy to map out potential family members to the suspect. Two people have been swabbed after police identified them uh, through the DNA, though one was not a good match. The other is currently in the lab being processed. The most uncanny thing that I ever saw is they found uh, a human skull. And then they had this person do a, um, fill it in basically with wax and do a sculpture on it. And when they were able to identify the person that the skull belonged to, it was almost a, no pun intended, dead ringer. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, Investigators say both of the people that they swabbed are in the region. Several others were asked by Philadelphia police to be swabbed, and they said no. Combining this information with witness accounts, police say the suspect may have scars or deformities. He is most likely from Puerto Rico, has a widow's peak, and at the time of the attacks, he was believed to be in his 20s. Police say the images show what the suspect could look like today based on both the lower age range of the description and the higher age range. Police say 
the victims uh, have seen the victims have seen the new composite sketches. The man is wanted, a wanted suspect who killed a medical student and attacked three other women nearly two decades ago. The U.S. government said Thursday it is shutting down an embattled federal jail in New York City after a slew of problems that came to light following Jeffrey Epstein's suicide there two years ago. The Federal Bureau of Prisons said the Metropolitan Correctional Facility uh, will be closed at least temporarily to address issues that have been that have long plagued the facility, including lack security and crumbling infrastructure. The facility is in a complex of government buildings in Lower Manhattan. Currently, uh, has 233 inmates down from the normal population of about 600 inmates or more. Most of them are expected to be transferred to a federal jail in Brooklyn. The decision to close the Metropolitan Correctional Center, which had been billed as one of the most secure jails in America, comes weeks after Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco toured the jail and saw the conditions firsthand. The department did not give a timetable for the closure, saying the planning is underway and that the updates would be provided as the process continues. The jail counts among its former star inmates, the Mexican drug lord and escape artist uh, El Chapo, mafia boss John Gotti, several close associates of Osama bin Laden and Wall Street swindler Bernie Madoff. Epstein's death a month after his arrest on child sex trafficking charges has been a lingering shadow over the jail, which was since marred by the rampant spread of coronavirus, inmates' complaints about squalid conditions, a smuggled gun, an inmate's death, and a revolving door of wardens. In sports this morning... The Phillies lost again, falling to the Arizona Diamondbacks last night at the ballpark. Carson Kelly hit a two-run home run and drove in three runs. Nick Ahmed added a two-run blast, and Christian Walker had a career-high four hits, leading the Diamondbacks to an 8-7 win. Arizona's lineup beat up on the Phillies pitching with a total of 15 hits. The four-game series continues tonight, and Aaron Ola will get the start. Game time is scheduled for 7.05. Before the game, it was reported that Reese Hoskins will be out for the rest of the season. The team placed Hoskins on the injured list with a left groin strain. He just came off the list on Sunday and hit three home runs in two games, but had mobility issues at first base on Wednesday night. He leads the club with 27 home runs and 71 RBIs, but it is highly unlikely that he'll play again this year. And the Flyers signed forward Sean Couturier to an eight-year contract extension with an average annual value of $7.75 million. The contract will go into effect beginning with the 2022 season. The 28-year-old will be entering his 11th NHL season this fall, all of which have been played with the Flyers. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you very much, Kathy. And we welcome you, my friend, to another day that we spend together here on the radio. We have a few things taking place. Word of the Week Prize giving that away today. It's a Friday, so we will do that. Uh, We also have the T-Mobile Cooling Caravan. Today we're headed to three locations, and we will tell you about those places, and uh, we'll make some people happy. It's a hot day that we're going to send in some iced coffee from T-Mobile and Dunkin' over. Perfect day. Uh, So we'll cool you off and uh, get you woken up at the same time this morning. So that is coming up. Uh, We do have a guest on the show. She will be performing at the City Winery on Wednesday, it's Sandra Bernhardt. I've always really liked Sandra yeah. Bernhardt. She's got a cool attitude. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and she does kind of a, she does comedy and like a cabaret song and dance. She's uh, got a good voice. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll talk to Sandra around 9 o'clock this morning. And uh, we're going to 
fill in the cracks with all kinds of other stuff, some things to give away and some stuff to talk about this morning as you take your little joy ride into work today. So let's take a break, come back in a second, and uh, I'll prep a stupid question, and then we'll roll out the entertainment stories, then we'll get our day started. We'll be back in just a moment. Hang in there. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Can you believe football is back? This Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Interact Me, swoop in and win sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2022 Eagle season tickets. All you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwin.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles and MMR's Preston and Steve Show. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, stupid question this morning. We are going to be giving away a pair of tickets uh, to see Kings of Leon. They're going to be performing on Sunday, BB&T Pavilion, and uh, Cold War Kids are going to be performing too. So, the question I have for you has to do with moose. Moose! All right. What do they call moose in Europe? 215-263-WMMR. It's not moose. No. No, something <laughs> Why else. don't you forget the moose? No. It's like for a bonnet. All right, let's see if you know the answer to that question, 215-263-WMMR. What are moose commonly called uh, in Europe? Uh, let's go through some birthdays today while we're waiting for your answer. Today is Friday, August 27th. It's Pee Wee Herman's birthday oh. today. Paul, Paul Rubens, wow, is 69 years old. We just had a revelation on the show. You guys were thinking that a particular clip we played was Tom Hanks. It was actually yeah. Pee Wee Herman yep. from the first Pee Wee Herman For movie. Andy. For years, I thought this clip Andy. was from Toy Story. Right. I thought it was... Tom Hanks, Woody, you know, crying the name of his owner, Andy. Uh, but no. And Casey played the whole clip for us. It's yeah. from Pee-wee's Big Adventure when uh, Pee-wee's about to get killed by Simone's <laughs> huge boy boyfriend, boyfriend yeah. Andy. Here to Andy! Andy! <laughs> Andy! Yes. And this is... He's chasing him. Is this after they sit in the dinosaur? Yeah, they're sitting in up? there, and yeah. uh, he's already washed the uh, the dishes because he lost his wallet. And mm-hmm. she asks Pee Wee to tell him, tell her about his big butt. Yeah. Okay. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah, your your big butt, but B U T, not B U T T. All right, I got gotcha. you. So Paul Rubens is sixty nine years old today. Uh, it's downtown Julie Brown's birthday. Former MTV VJ. She was a big thing on uh, MTV for quite a while. Yeah, Club MTV. I think Club she MTV, was the first right? uh, host of that. Right? Wubba wubba wubba. Yep, that was her thing. Uh, she is fifty eight today. Uh, Barbara Bach. Oh, love um, her. Yep. She was Bond girl. She's in Caveman and still married to Ringo Starr. I, I, you and I are probably the only handful of people that really love Caveman. I love Caveman. It's a fun movie. It was. Yeah. And there and, were some stars in it. Not only her, but Dennis Quaid and yeah. uh, uh, Sally Long. Shelley Long was yeah. in it. Yeah. 
And uh, who was the, the football player? Uh, John Matusak? Yes. Yes. Uh, they were all in that movie, and uh, almost no English <laughs> spoken during the whole film. It's goofy. It's stupid. Yeah. Uh, they, they grill that giant egg, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, uh, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> yeah. I remember that as a kid. I loved it, yeah. And she was also in a movie that, from Mad Magazine called Up the Academy. Do that's you remember right. that? I do remember that. Uh, she is 74 years old today. Uh, actress Chandra Wilson, who is on Grey's Anatomy, uh, is 52. I don't watch it. I don't either. I don't know who she is. I know who she is. Uh, she, and so I always mistook her for... Who's the fa- who's the really successful producer? Whenever I hear the name, is it Shonda Shonda, Shonda Rhimes? Rhymes. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. I always thought that she that was Shonda her? Rhimes. Yeah, I yeah. could see that they do look similar. Well, no, it's the name. I don't yeah. even know what Shonda. Shonda Rhimes looks like to tell you the truth. Shonda she looks like John Matusak. Okay. Uh, we had the other day. We had Adrian, the drummer from No Doubt's birthday. Well, today is Tony Canal, the bassist's birthday. Uh, he and Gwen were in a very strong relationship for a long time during yes. the band, and they did one of the rare things. They broke up, and they stayed in a band together. It had to be tough. And they hit the height of their success, I think, after they had broken up. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a good thing. It was, you know... He knew, he knew she was a star, so uh, but they they managed to stay in the band together. Isn't that what uh, Don't Speak is about? Is their breakup? I think it is. I think you might be correct yeah. about that. Uh, or Hollaback Girl. Well, I don't think it's that. No. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> well, maybe maybe he was trying to you know do be... booty calls. Yeah. And she's like, hey, yeah. I'm not that. I'm not a Hollaback Girl. Yeah. Uh, so Tony Canal is 51 today. Uh, a birthday I'm very happy about. Uh, an insanely talented musician and one of my absolute favorite bands and a very funny guy, Alex Lifeson, celebrates his birthday today. Go ahead. There we go. Thank you. It's great. Alex Lifeson is uh, 68 years old today. He and Getty recently, uh, uh, they've been posting videos of them. They, they have released a beer through a brewery. Yes, yeah. Uh, and their relationship to get together is very, very fun. They seem They're, to enjoy each other quite a bit. They, now, they, they didn't enjoy Neil, but they have a they have more of a comedic camaraderie. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And they're they're like brothers that just right. really love each other and they, they have a blast together. So uh Alex celebrates his sixty eighth birthday this He's one hell of a guitarist, by the way. Uh, also from the world of music, Glenn Matlock, the original bassist of the Sex Pistols. And the inspiration for the TV series, Matlock. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. no idea. <laughs> I mean, they, they changed a few things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like the spitting on people. Right, yes. Cutting themselves and bleeding. Uh, yeah, it became okay. a lawyer instead of a punk rocker and right. uh, uh, less body piercing. Glenn Matlock is uh, 65 today. Uh, it's Tom Ford's birthday as well. Oh, the oh. designer and director, right? The fashion designer and director, yes. I wear Tom Ford. Uh, do you? you? Oh, well, yeah. The cologne or I the, the uh, ombre leather? Or his Crocs. Wait, what do you have? It's ombre leather. It's actually... Oh, it's the, a, the cologne. I'm it's, sorry. It's a unisex scent. I bought it for my wife thinking it was a perfume, <laughs> and I liked the way it smelled, and she didn't care for it, so I was like, all right, well, there I'm just going to wear it. Okay. I have yeah. a pair of sunglasses. Is Tom Ford pricey? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like... Um, like, give me an idea what an outfit would cost from a, from a high high top designer like that. Uh, I don't know. All right, let's go. Let me go to the website really quick. Um, it's probably like uh, here. Let's see. Like if I wanted, what do you, to... what, you want a backpack? 
Uh, sure, yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's <laughs> okay. see what I can I get, get you a backpack, backpack for. Okay. Only $2,800. Oh, that's it? Oh, good. Yeah, I could upgrade it for 3400 if you want. There's uh, one that's a little bit bigger. Oh, oh man. Yeah, they got a little bigger. Yeah, he could bigger. take a dump in it. It's $1,000 <laughs> more. They got belts or socks over there at Tom Ford? Uh, yeah, I think they probably. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you want to? How about this? A belt bag. Let's not go with a backpack. Let's go with a belt bag uh, for twenty one ninety. What's right. a belt bag? It's where you keep your belt. A fanny pack. What? Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, fanny pack. They're called belt bags now because they're cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and for how much? Uh, twenty one ninety. How do they get away with that? So, how, how, oh, never mind. The, so a fanny pack costs more than I've ever spent in total <laughs> oh. on clothing in my life. Oh, wait, it's not twenty one dollars and ninety cents. It's two thousand one hundred ninety dollars for a fanny yeah, yeah, yeah. pack. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You guys want some thousand dollar sneakers because I got those too. Oh my god. I okay. Sure, why not? Chuck yeah. them on it. Put put them in my inbox there, or Nick, in my but in my shopping cart. I will say that I bought my sunglasses that I have at uh, Off Saks, and they were at a very discounted price. So I got a nice. Uh, that's what you got to do, right? Yeah. You got to like Nordstrom Rack. Yeah, and it's even off- cheaper at Nut Sacks. Nut Sacks. Yeah. I was like, are right, you can buy this off my sack? Uh, so Tom Ford is sixty today. So big birthday for him. And then the last birthday we have today. I don't want anything off your sack. Are you sure? <laughs> Uh, Aaron Paul celebrates. Aaron Paul. God, man, Breaking Bad. And, and so he and Breaking Bad, I thought was great. And Steve, I'm pretty sure he won at least an uh, uh, Emmy, not an Ami. He won an Ami. <laughs> and the winner. Dear God, the I hate coffee. 1999 Nami Award <laughs> for best guy who does stuff. Aaron Paul. A Nami. <laughs> <laughs> no, an army, not an army. Oh, an army. I remember growing up uh, in Scottsdale thinking, I will never win an army. An uh, <laughs> army. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to win a Moni for stage work. <laughs> <laughs> or a Manny for music. Oh, God. Okay. What, what's the point you were going to uh, The point I was going to make was I thought he was amazing in it. And I, I know people that... Um, his constant like crying in the show was uh, was a turnoff, but I just thought it was Not great. You. He was no, his character was absolutely tortured. Dude, he oh, won yeah. three Ommies, Casey. He won, <laughs> yeah, he won in 2010, 2012, and twenty fourteen. Wow, um, for uh, supporting actor. And we were just suppo- being nominated for a nominee yeah. is, is an honor. Well, now, we were supposed to have him in studio once, <clears throat> and it snowed. And oh my God! Really? Remember that? Yeah, it yeah. was for the video game movie. They, they, they were trying to start their own Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, uh, yeah. The end, and this is not me giving anything away, really. But at the at the end of the the series, when he's in the car mm-hmm. and just he's lost his freaking mind. Oh my God! Is what he's just you? Yeah, he's a great actor. That's he's, a Nami winning performance. <laughs> <laughs> and then how they picked up right from that um, yeah. into the the. Uh, what's the name of El Camino. It? Thank you. El Camino. With him, it go, it, right, right from the end of Breaking Bad into El Camino. And I really liked El Camino. I thought I it was a really too. nice coda to Breaking Bad. Yeah. So he's 42 years old today. Uh, NAMI award winner, <laughs> Aaron Paul. NAMI, I'm sorry. Ami. Not, Ami. not NAMI. No, don't be silly. Ami. All right, what do they call a moose in Europe? 215-263-WMMR is the number. That's the stupid question. We're going to go to Mike, see if we can get an answer. Good morning to you, Mike. Hello, Preston. <laughs> Hello, Steve. Hey. Hello, Casey. Hello. <laughs> All right, dude, what do they call a moose in Europe? How about a European elk? An elk, yeah. Oh, a European elk for a moment. That is correct. Hang on a sec, Mike. 
We're going to set you up. You got tickets, man. Kings of Leon, the When You See Yourself Tour with Cold War Kids is Sunday at BB&T Pavilion, and some tickets remain at Ticketmaster.com. <laughs> All right, we're going to go through uh, some stories here for you. Erin Andrews uh, revealed in a personal essay and bulletin she has been undergoing in vitro fertilization, which she describes as time-consuming and emotionally draining process since she was 35 years old. She's 43 now. Mm. She's been trying for a long time. A long time. time. It's yeah. got to be... Um... An emotional suck on you. She said, I have been trying to do IVF uh, treatment for a while now, but sometimes it doesn't go the way you want it. Your body just doesn't allow it. She admitted that at uh, times uh, she felt like she had to choose between the future of her family or her job while trying to figure out how to juggle treatments on top of her work schedule. The treatment, she says, take a mental, emotional, and physical toll and oftentimes are unsuccessful writing. I think that's why a lot of people choose to be quiet about it because... Maybe we feel as if this is something we have to do and we don't want to jinx it. On the other hand, we can also feel like we're a failure as females or to our partner. Uh, yeah, I, it's um, going to be horrible. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really tough. And I don't think people really uh, appreciate uh, the, the mental fortitude it takes to go through something sure. like that. I have no, no I, idea what the physical part is oh like man. either. Yeah. I've never it's like a turkey baster it. up in there. And yeah. it's, uh, I have a friend that went through it recently and then... Lost the baby yeah. um, in the third trimester. Oh, oh my yeah. god! And What's the prep rough. too? Like yeah, prior to it, and it's expensive as all hell. And but she just started back up again. I mean, she got right back on the horse. I'm so proud of her for giving it another go because it it often takes multiple efforts. And you know, God willing, she'll have a baby next year. Um, there's there's somebody here that's going through it, and um, she and she's lost a, a couple of pregnancies. Right. And like, I mean, I've run into her in the bathroom where she's crying. You know, yeah, like, well, it's, it's got to be hard. Yeah. You you you've got your your hopes are so high. Yes. At that point, oh, it's yeah. happening. We're on our way. Right. And then boom. Mm-hmm. And then and you, and you try different doctors thinking maybe the this one doctor didn't do it the do right, it right way. Yeah. You try another one and then, you know, you lose that. It's Yeah, it's terrible. Can't even imagine. Yeah. So, uh, and because I, you know, I know people that were going through it as well and, and other people in this person's life did not appreciate or uh, what's the word? Sympathize and empathize, and 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 we're downright like nasty about like they're. Yeah, I know, and I will forever about hate what? those nasty people. Nasty about what? Uh, losing like uh, they just didn't get it. Oh, they they didn't. They didn't understand. Weren't you know, compassionate after uh, they she had lost zero the compassion. Yeah. And, I will, and I will forever hate that whole family. Wow. Because, yeah, because it was really, really nasty That's stuff. Terrible. It's, it's terrible. Terrible. That is stuff. terrible. Yeah. Well, anyhow, she as she makes her seventh attempt. Uh, she oh wants gosh. her fellow IFV warriors to know they're not alone. She said, it's a team that no one wants to be a part of. Uh, we're all going through this and having a tough time. It can be so isolating, but in reality, we are all there together. So we wish her luck. Uh, Zoe Kravitz and Carl Glusman are officially single. According to, yes, court records, date by people, a judge signed off on the divorce on Monday. She's dating already, right? Uh, yeah, Channing Tatum. Yeah. yeah. It's been rumored, but I mean... They, Good score. But this is like one of those divorces. So they, they were first linked in October 2016, wed in June 2019 at the Paris home of the actress's father, Lenny Kravitz. Uh, I don't know how long, but you know how divorces yes, can drag out. it takes out. forever sometimes. And and other people get it done, and it seems like a weekend. By the way, she met Channing Tatum uh, on the set of Pussy Island. Pussy Island. Which is her directorial debut. Yeah. So didn't didn't know they met What's on... What's the plot of Pussy Island? Pussy Island. <laughs> We could see. I don't know. We can pick that around. All I know is I'm going to see it. Yeah, exactly. I have to see Pussy Island. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's from the makers of Dong Island. Mm. 
All right, so Dancing with the Stars will make a series history with the show's first ever same-sex couple. Uh, the show's executive producer confirmed during the Television Critics Association press tour yesterday uh, that contestant JoJo Siwa will be paired with a female professional partner when season 30 premieres on September 20th. They, they're very good at doing these things of kind of you know getting these pairings and these things that, that'll, that'll draw viewers. And I think this is very cool. I, I have tried to get into this to see what the JoJo Siwa thing is about. I can't stand her. She's she's. She's a TikTok star, and she's huge, and they had him on Family Feud. Uh-huh. I, 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 I should say I can't stand her. It's too much. Okay. It, like, it's, it's she comes from the world of dance moms, so okay. she is, and she's, she's like over the top, Preston. Like, okay. it's a lot to handle. Personality-wise? Right. Way big. Okay. She's a, was she a dance kid in she the world She was a dance, dance kid, yeah. Okay. She worked, remember that one who went to jail for a little while, that the, the, the one who runs the school in, the, yeah. in dance moms? They apparently had, uh, you know... Uh, it out occasionally, but it's just, it's like a little too much. I didn't know that about her. I just knew that she was a um, an online personality and, and has uh, gained a lot of fame. I got to tell you, she's got millions yeah. and millions and millions of followers. Uh, TV Line reports that although her partner has not yet been revealed, Siwa said she'd love to work with veterans uh, Lindsay Arnold, Jenna Johnson, or Britt Stewart. Uh, and Olympic gold medalist uh, gymnast Suni Lee is going to be uh, in the cast as you know, well. One thing with this, too. How do you have this as a real competition when you've had... And, and she's a, an actual dancer. Yeah. She's a she's worked as a professional dancer. She held to a higher I, standard. Right. How do you... Is that what they do, or do they really do that? Uh, to well, me, it seems no, very much like a popularity keep, contest. They, well, that, too. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, Kath. You watch this, right? So how much is the judge score, and how much is a the viewer score? Uh, that I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I haven't watched it in a long time. Uh, I'm not really sure, but it's, I feel like it's different. It's not there, um, like a gymnast. That's not, I, I get that she probably yep. can, can get through it. Right. But, but she's a dancer. You're talking about Jojo Siwa. She's talking about Suni Lee. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about Jojo. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't know what she does. I don't know what Jojo does. Uh, so anyhow, uh, by the way, this is season 30. Oh, my God. For this. Uh, they are going to uh, reveal the other celebrities on Good Morning America on September 8th. We have a clip or something, Marissa's pointing yeah, to that. What is boomerang. This? Boomerang. Okay. I don't know what that means. Oh, she has a song. This is JoJo Siwa. They can keep talking that talk, but I'm going to keep walking my walk. And I won't hear a sound. I love it. It's a huge hit. So hang on. Yeah. She's a singer and a dancer? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I didn't even dancer. know. I had no idea. No, no she was a dancer. You asked for it. Marissa, if you can grab her TikTok announcement about the uh, Dancing with the Stars thing, oh. I, I think you'll see Do we have why I say she's a <laughs> little over the top. I'm going to move over no, to some other stuff. Right. Maybe we can oh, okay. come back to it. Uh, Michael Nader, best known for playing Dex Dexter. You know Dex Dexter. On the original Dynasty, and Dimitri Merrick on All My Children passed away this week. He was uh-huh. 76 years old. Do yeah. any of you guys remember no. this guy? He, uh-huh. Oh, he's the guy. He was the original guy who talked like this. Uh, yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Uh, the Alexis, actor. Uh, so much. So hard to handle. Uh, passed away in his Northern California home. His cause of death was an untreatable form of cancer. Uh-huh. Uh, Nader joined the Dynasty cast in 1983 via an episode appropriately titled Dex, 
Tiggs. His character would go on to have memorable uh, love affair with Alexis Carrington, of course, who was Joan Collins, along with several other notable female characters. They banged them all. Yeah, of he course. did. I even been John Forsyth over the tape. Oh, wow. On those shows, they have a remote, romantic relationship everybody. with everyone. Everybody. They just bounce from one to the oh, next. Yeah. And uh, Dex, Dex was the bad boy. And he remained on that show until the 1989 series finale. Uh, he also played a ladies' man on All My Children, which he joined in 1991. He played Rex. Uh, during his initial 10-year run, Nader's character romance, some of Pine Valley's finest, including Erica Kane. Of course, had Susan Lucci. Uh, though Nader left the show in 2001, he briefly returned in 2013 during the soap's short-lived run on Prospect Park's online network. Uh, his additional TV credits included uh, roles on uh, Cold Case, Law & Order, SVU, um, the original Flash, Magnum P.I., and Gidget, of all things. <laughs> yeah. So, sad news. Yeah, the guy was had a long run, though. Yep. All right, I have a I have an actual Kardashian roundup. Oh, oh all right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got like three <laughs> Kardashian <laughs> stories here. So. Think of it as one group flush. Okay. Okay, Kardashian roundup. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to round them up for you. I'm Robert Mitchum, and this is Kardashian Roundup. Uh, Kim shared an amazing throwback video featuring her, Chloe, and Courtney auditioning for Star Search. Oh, it was amazing. Did you see it? I did. I've not seen it. Okay, uh, for like what, spokesmodel? They lip synced uh, Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now while wearing matching metallic outfits chosen by Kris Jenner. Not much has changed because they're still pretending to have talent. Uh, and they were little kids when they did this. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, she wrote on Instagram, our star search audition. Clearly, we didn't get four stars. But Chris uh, Jenner did our out- did for our outfits. The family matriarch uh, commented on the post and wrote, those are the days when I got to dress you guys, I knew I should have been a stylist. I thought, see, seeing this video that we're watching, I thought that was Ed McMahon, but it was Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Speaking of Chloe, <laughs> she celebrated hitting a social media milestone yesterday, the, or on Wednesday. She added a photo of herself topless. What? In honor of her 178 million Instagram followers. Okay. Is that a milestone? No. 178 million? The, the, no, it's just a reason to drop your top. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? That was that was just the excuse yeah, for the photo. It's kind of an arbitrary number, isn't it? It's not um, topless. Yeah, in the photo, well, her hair covered It is boobs. topless. She's not wearing a top, but but her top is covered. Yeah, I think is what Casey she is. Sans top, yeah. she yeah. is topless, but and her boobs aren't out. It's covered with fake hair. Man, I'm looking at these pictures. They just they just don't look real. No. It so just don't look real. And I I do not find this look this cosmetic surgery look no, in I, any way attractive. Yeah. I think there are a group a group of people that do though. They I mean, do. Like, yes, I, and I think it's people who all get plastic surgery and yeah. I guess understand it or understand big, why she wants to get it. Yeah, body dysmorphia group. Whatever that commercial is, Steve, that we see on TV with Kathy. her in it, it like she, she, she can't eat right. I'm here at night eating cockroach. What? I'm here at night eating popcorn. You're here with your daughter eating popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 and like, it just looks so awkward. Like, she's like hugging and playing with her daughter, but it's like her face. Don't touch the face! <laughs> yeah, face don't, don't touch the face! <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. I, 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 Wait, excuse me, Chloe, you got a little schmutz here on you. Don't touch! <laughs> don't touch! Let it fall off! Let it dry up and fall off. <laughs> Don't touch. Don't touch. It might cave in. Don't touch. Don't touch. 
Close the windows. <laughs> Close the windows. Mommy, you got a little something on your lip. No! No! What did I tell you? I'm telling you, don't touch that. Don't touch mommy's face. Don't touch mommy's face. Don't touch mommy's face. Uh, in the photo, uh, Chloe is... Don't even look at mommy's face. <laughs> I don't know. The eye beams or something. I don't know. Eye beams? I don't know. Maybe there's radiation. I don't know. I'm not willing to take the risk. <laughs> Preston, that's the commercial, though. If you haven't seen it, like, she's eating popcorn with her daughter on a white couch. Right. And it just is so. The daughter's, like, jumping around a little bit. And it just, yeah, it looks like she's, like, done. It's that's true, right? Me. True is their daughter, right? Uh, yeah. True. Uh, I, 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 I don't yeah. know who so, has uh, whose kids. Um, it's terrible. I report on this stuff, and I can't keep track of them. You know what's so alarming, too, <laughs> is that, and Kathy's right, here's the, the, in the first few seconds, I was saying, who is this person? Look, look at this. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, she's, seen wearing, she's seen wearing a pair of jeans <laughs> with her long blonde hair covering up her breasts to seize. Uh, now, one last uh, roundup story from the Kardashians. Kim <laughs> has no plans to change her last name amid her divorce, divorce with Kanye West. Uh, source tells E! News because West is the kid's last name, she plans to keep it too. It makes it easier and not confusing for them. Uh, she said, this insider said they are always going to be a family and a family unit. She feels like it's in the kids' best interest to uh, all have the same last name. So that actually makes sense uh, in a way. Uh, and uh, so, okay. Yeah. So their kids are North St. Chicago and Saul. Chicago! Yes. Chicago! So uh, just to finish the, the roundup, are you, are you guys familiar with, there's a um, series on Netflix called Untold, and it's all these uh, um, documentaries on sports stories. So the first one was no. Malice in the Palace, if you remember uh, years ago. Uh, God, like 20 years ago where Ron Artest uh, yeah, got into yeah. a fight with the crowd. And so it's just like a behind-the-scenes, like real-deal documentary about that. So that one, and then it was a female boxer, Christy Martin, and then the latest one is on Bruce Jenner. And uh, and, and he, he had a desktop or a controversy? <clears throat> I mean, no, it was just basically his life. Oh. And it was a documentary about his, his life going through. And I think it starts kind of right around, well, it, it might have even gone further back. but uh, Is it good? Yeah, well, of course, I ended up falling asleep, uh, but from what I saw, the first, like, 20, 30 minutes, the way they do this documentary series and the docuseries is really, really good stuff, very, very in-depth stuff. Do you remember, do you remember when we first started to hear those stories? Oh, it was tabloid father. Right. Bruce Jenner's got his Adam's apple shaved. What the hell does that mean? Oh, they're they're (laughs) coming up with another dumb thing. Oh, just because he grew his hair longer, of course, he wants to become a woman. Right. Right. And it was all true. They were all right. Nah, he always... I'm sorry, she always was a woman. And so that's where, you know, she's doing the, the voiceover for this stuff. So she's very, very oh, no involved in okay. this. And she she is now speaking about Bruce. And I don't want to, was it called dead naming? I don't want to dead name uh, she doesn't, her. She doesn't ever refer, she doesn't refer to that as her, as her dead name. Uh, no, but so, so she refers to Bruce essentially as, as a character. Like when, when she became, um, I'm sorry, in like fifth grade is where she really, um, uh, became involved in and in, 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 uh, obsessed with sports, and that's where that and that's where this uh, Bruce <laughs> characters sort of took over. Right? Oh. Yeah, it's a fascinating okay. story. Yeah. And that's on what? It's on Netflix. Okay. And so it, it's a docu series, and only three are out now. So I'm, I'm, you know, sort of excited to see what's going to be next. All right, cool. Well, Just I, don't fall asleep. I have some other things. <laughs> um, congratulations are in order for Diane Kruger and Norman Reedus. People confirmed Thursday that uh, the 52-year-old Walking Dead star and the 45-year-old actress are engaged ah. officially. So 
Uh, and you know her from Inglorious Bastards and the um, uh, National Treasure movie. She's a really solid actress. Uh, so they had met on the set of their 2015 Sky, uh, I guess, film, and then they went public with their, their romance in March of 2017. Wouldn't it be great if you got all the fame and all of the attention looking as slovenly as you could possibly look? Oh, my look, God. So Norman you, Reedus? Yeah, you never have to... Yeah. Uh, the, what happened? You you should you look should look like a slob. Yep. Uh, so they have a two year old daughter together, by the way. So they are now officially engaged. Uh, Emily Van Camp. Oh man, do I dig her? She's great. Oh, she's gorgeous, uh, and she was so good in uh, the the MCU. Uh, and her Revenge co star Josh Bowman welcomed their first child together. Uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier star shared the news on Instagram on Thursday, writing, Welcome to the world, our sweet little Iris. And I like that name, too. I always loved Iris. She was great, um, as you said, in the MCU universe. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was very cool. Mm-hmm. And um, the direction they took her in sort of, like, shocked me. Especially at the end. Yes. Yeah. And figuring out what might come next for her. Yeah. Uh, she said, our hearts are full. Uh, the couple got engaged 2017 after four seasons of starring together. We got full hearts. On the ABC drama. So congratulations to her. Eric Stone Street is hitting out against critics who claim he's too old to be engaged to 41-year-old Lindsay Schweitzer. What? Uh, the 49-year-old, yeah, right? The 49-year-old modern family actor. Edited a photo of his fiance to make her appear more wrinkled <laughs> and shared it to his Instagram story on Wednesday and wrote, apparently, a lot of people think ah. I look too old as a 49-year-old man to be engaged to my almost 42-year-old fiance. <laughs> what the hell? And he wrote, look, she can't help that she looks so great at 42, <laughs> and I can't help that I apparently look like her granddad, so I fixed it for everyone. Oh, my God. How funny is that? <laughs> what a bunch of a-holes. Uh-huh. Forty nine and forty two, and uh, it's who totally yeah. it's totally within the. In fact, it, it is that's an anomaly in Hollywood. But look at look at the original yeah, yeah. picture. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. He looks a lot older than <laughs> he her, does. Right? So I, I, I don't know if they were being straight up serious about him when they were uh, criticizing him, but that's pretty funny. To I, I've said this, and I and there were rumors they were going to do uh, this, but I would love to see a Cam and Mitchell spinoff series from uh, Modern Family. They, yes. I mean, they were so good. Yep, that would be hilarious. Uh, so the Harry Potter films are making making their way back to HBO Max. Uh, the return comes following the series' 11-month stay over on NBC Universal streaming service Peacock and is sure to make an HBO Max look a whole lot more appealing to a pretty massive audience. They're also releasing or re-releasing the entire series, which I've already bought, and I'll probably buy this freaking one uh, in 4K with all uh, yeah. tons and tons of new stuff. I bought the... Um the digital version, so yeah. I don't hopefully ever have to buy it again. Yeah. Uh, the Harry Potter series is set to hit the streaming service on September 1st, where it will reside indefinitely alongside a large number of Warner Brothers' other films, such as the DC Cinematic Universe collection. Have you finished the uh, the books on Audible yet? Uh, no. I, I Today, I will finish uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, cool. So, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working my way through. <laughs> Uh, so included in the series are all eight mainline Harry Potter films. Uh, news on there's no news on whether or not the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them series will be joining the rest of the films in a uh, move to HBO as well. For those wondering why the iconic Warner Brothers series weren't already on HBO Max, uh, if, it's for a pretty good reason. Prior to the establishment of HBO Max, the studio had sold the streaming right. Uh, to the series to NBC for their service, Peacock. Therefore, when HBO Max first launched in May 
of last year. It only had access to the movies for three months before the deal went into effect, and all eight films were transferred over to Peacock. It's so freaking stupid. So at the time, they didn't know, HBO yeah. didn't know they were going to have a streaming service. Uh, however, Warner Brothers has since reclaimed the rights and is bringing the uh, series back to its own service. Uh, by the way, Harry Potter films rank as the third highest grossing movie franchise of all time with a value of $7.7 billion. Anybody want to guess what the other two that are ahead of it are? Uh, James Bond, right? No. Star Wars? Yes. Oh, yeah, Star Wars and uh, the Marvel. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Those are the ones that are that are uh, better than uh, Harry Potter. I, I got to imagine, like, Pirates of the Caribbean might fall in there might somewhere. Might be in there, yeah. Uh, Maybe even know. Lord or of the Rings. Or Jurassic Park. Yeah. Medea. Medea's Medea. got a lot of money. Oh, movies. yeah. Well, actually, they've made a ton of money. Yeah. Uh, when I was putting together the uh, trivia questions for the Harry Potter contest we did last month, um, I, it was a fun fact that I stumbled across, which is in the movies, each opening sequence gets a little bit darker than the private, previous movie. So the, the opening, the very first movie has a bright Warner Brothers uh, logo. Right. Oh. And then it, it, and by the end, it's the darkest of all of the openings of the movies. Okay. It's the WB spelled out in turds. No, no, no. Yeah. Just, the series gets darker, oh, oh. so the logos get darker. <laughs> and you mean by uh, the lighting-wise? Yes. By brightness. But lighting-wise and then by, uh, you know, figuratively and literally. Okay. <laughs> um, and then one more thing, and then we'll move on to a couple of uh, audio pieces. A Or actually, we'll do the movies. Uh, a little more than two years since it debuted the first trailer for the first Downton Abbey movie at CinemaCon 2019, the sequel to the Focus Features hit big screen transfer also got a Las Vegas unveiling during Universal's Slate presentation this past Wednesday. So Downton Abbey 2. Uh, I don't think I watched the first one. I, I watched the show. I love we it. We had the cast in here and everything. No, you I didn't know. Watch, yeah. I don't think I watched the movie. The okay. second one is taking a different turn, Kathy. It's street buggy racing. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. Like fast they're, they're, are they yeah, drifting yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's like drifting okay. and stuff. <laughs> Slow and furious. <laughs> Slow, Slow and furious. And, and annoyed. Yeah. <laughs> Slow and focused. <laughs> uh, it's going to be called Downton Abbey, A New Era. And it is due... It's about family. Uh, to open... <laughs> <laughs> To open globally uh, starting March 18th of next year. Uh, the teaser footage revealed uh, uh, reunites us with the Crawley family and the Downton staff as preparations for an overseas journey are underway. Uh, the pick's original principal cast, including Maggie Smith, Hugh Bonneville, Michael Dockery, Elizabeth McGovern, Laura Carmichael, Carter, and more. I'm not watching it if Aquafina is in it. <laughs> Have returned for the second film. New additions include Hugh Dancy, Laura Haddock, Nathaniel Bay, and Dominic West. Here's a clip from it, Preston. <laughs> oh, we're watching. Slow and steady. Yeah, we're watching yeah. some horse racing. <laughs> Harness racing. All right. Uh, so, movies are opening this weekend. Yeah. Two films open this weekend. We'll begin with Candyman. It's a horror thriller, and it stars uh, Yaya Abdul-Mantin, Tiona Paris, and Tony Todd. The plot is, for as long as residents can remember the housing projects of Chicago's uh, Cabrini Green neighborhood, were terrorized by a word-of-mouth ghost story about a supernatural killer with a hook for a hand, easily summoned by those daring to repeat his name five times in a mirror. Could that same supernatural killer now be visiting his wrath upon a luxury condo complex on the same site? 
We'll have to find out. Hour and 32 minutes long, rated R. Wide release in theaters. Good score on Rotten Tomatoes, 86%. Mm. What I think is really cool, too, is that they have Tony Todd in this, and he played Candyman in the original series. The, oh, ri- the original run of movies. Is he playing a main character? Or uh, I think he's playing He's playing smaller. one of the main characters, but not Candyman. Okay. Uh, and also opening this weekend, legit, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Yeah. There's a story here that I always heard, like, kind of flirted with, but this documentary is supposed to be a real eye-opener. Mm. So uh, it stars Bob Ross in archival footage. And uh, the plot is Bob Ross uh, is... It says, a shockingly untold story of the uh, prolific landscape artist and host of The Joy of Painting. With a keen appreciation for nature and a kind and gentle demeanor, Bob Ross encourages everyone he he met to embrace their creativity and believe in themselves, becoming a cultural phenomenon along the way. But beyond the iconic hair, soothing voice, and nostalgic paintings lies a mystery that many have yet to discover. Yeah. Do you know what it is? I don't. I've heard... uh, I mean, he was taken advantage of, apparently, uh, um, but... um, I saw a documentary about Bob Ross not that long ago. What, did they suggest anything that was really dark or... Uh, No, it's just fascinating to see where all of his paintings are stored. And so there there are all of these paintings that are now worth lots of money that are just stored in a warehouse in Virginia, I think, somewhere. And um, it it went into his life quite a bit. Well, they're Uh, never going to sell them either. That's the word, right? They're never going to sell them? And they're worth... Well... (laughs) <laughs> Don't say never, uh, because right. they were never going to move the barns out of uh, Lower Marion, and now there's a brand new museum in, in Center City, Philadelphia. So right. the art of the steel sort of is a similar approach. There's a lot of money, obviously, involved and, and attached to Bob Ross's work, and so uh, these paintings are just sitting in a warehouse somewhere. So this is probably a story on why that is, and uh, it's available on Netflix. So Steve, I, I didn't want to fall asleep while watching it last night, so that's why I ended up watching the <laughs> the uh, untold uh, Bruce Jenner right, story. Right, so. Right. So, one hour and 33 minutes long, rated PG, and the streaming begins today. It's Rotten Tomatoes, scores 67%, by the way. All right, let's get to some clips. Together chronicles the life of a couple as their marriage is tested during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. In this clip, James McAvoy talks about the complexities of breaking the fourth wall in his performance. It's a weird thing. Like, when you're on stage or you're on film and you're talking to the audience, the audience aren't some character. They aren't um, a therapist. They aren't a social worker. They aren't any of these things. Because if they were all of those things, we would then treat them like a social worker or a therapist. And that would then affect the scene. Together premieres in theaters today. Here's the next clip. Nothing says sexy like David Spade. And here, the comedian talks about his hesitation to be a guest host on recent episodes of Bachelor in Paradise. And I think they're just brainstorming. They're like, would you want to be in the mix? Would you want to come down and do something or host a couple or one or whatever you feel like? I was like, hang on, let me get back to you. And then I thought about it and I was like, not like I'm some big commodity, but it's just a risk. Doing anything is risky. And I'm like, oh, Bachelor people are kind of feisty, you know, and if they get mad at me, then I, I don't know if I can handle it. Uh, new episode of Bachelor in Paradise premieres on ABC this Monday. I don't know if he'll be hosting it on that episode or not. I'd like to see him do it. Well. All right, that's it. Uh, your report, and we're done for the week, friends. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. Don't forget uh, Sandra Bernhardt will be joining us this morning. She's going to be in town uh, next Wednesday at the City Winery. Uh, and we got all kinds of stuff to get into before we wrap up the work week. Back in a moment. Hang in there. August 27th, 1991, an 
up-and-coming band from Seattle releases their debut album that would go on to sell over 13 million copies. Ten by Pearl Jam. Friday, join Pierre for a special edition of his Vinyl Cut, when he'll track all of Side 1, starting at 2, from the station that played it when it was new, 93.3 WMMR. Uh, some music I need for this next segment. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I got you, Roast Beef. All right. Thank you. Um, where, where'd you go, anyway? I don't know, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just no, I got, it's all right. I didn't I'm preoccupied. The beds were, were mixed up. Casey oh, has been busting bed. his ass this weekend. Yeah. Is the Bend to the Shore bike event to the extravaganza, and and Casey is he's reached critical mass. Well, uh, he because told me. it's down to the wire, and yeah. all the little issues are bubbling up, and and he's he is the guy handling all of it. And you're talking about 120 team members, yeah. his biggest team ever, so, his most successful team, and he's juggling all these things. So I'm not, I wasn't complaining. Or no, anything no, about I know, it, I know, no, we, no. We just I had just a mix don't... up on what we were going to do here, and I'm not. We're doing connoisseur, right? Yeah, no, oh, no, no, no. no. We're, we're, not? Do, we're doing the city beat. Oh, we're doing city beat. Yeah, okay. and Casey runs the right. music around here, so I got to have that ready. But nonetheless, city, wow, wow, it's time for the city beat. Well, we actually cracked the mic on the Debella show, and Casey was standing there, so it was like, you know. You you joined the show. That's where you wandered down to the wrong studio. Exactly. <laughs> but real quick, since we're on the city beat, the the uh, the bend of the shores this yeah. weekend, yeah. and it starts at the Ben Franklin Bridge. It does. It starts in the city. It does, uh, and it ends in a different city, Atlantic City. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. where where are you with everything? I know we did a, a quick. Uh, re, uh, uh, update on that yesterday, but okay. So packet and bib pickup started yesterday. So uh, my life has just gotten uh, ex- exponentially like more complicated yes. and, and annoying, and uh, and and so uh, we're good. Okay. the The bigger picture is that our team has raised over fifty thousand dollars. Thank you, Preston, Excellent. for your donation. You and Rochelle do- donated to the team yesterday, so we really appreciate that. No problem. Uh, can we still donate, or is it over? No, you can still donate. Yeah, yeah, okay. you can still donate. And easy. I donated. Yeah, she's got some bagels on the freezer that she's I, gonna. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you guys are gonna be hungry, right? Yes. So uh, we have rest stops where we can eat bagels no, and uncrustables and all that stuff. <laughs> um, the the I believe uh, the overall uh, donations uh, for the whole thing is like close to a million dollars. Wow. Uh, and that was their goals. So we want to definitely want to hit that. We're riding on on Sunday, starting at seven. Um, I don't even know where we're going with this, but but so I'm trying to manage a uh, hundred people and bib pickups were yesterday. And you're trying to run a radio show. And I'm trying to here. run a radio show, but I just you got a long do- ass email about. Here's the deal, man. When you're trying to communicate with 125 people, who just growled? Who no, growled no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, I growled. Uh, okay, um, well, I'm growling every yeah, day. I've, I know. Turn, I've turned into Roy Kent, and uh, so when you're <laughs> when you're um, trying to manage 125 people, and you know the, the mistakes are bound to be made, and, and I've made a couple of mistakes, and that really gets at me. So that's where my head is okay. this morning here, Preston. All right. So uh, let's go on to your city beat. And It'll be over before about you know it. It, it, it. Sunday, Sunday is yeah. when it's happening. So. You're, you're down to the and water. Now all you have to do is is put in a 65-mile bike ride. But already, you're a big success compared to where you were in other years and how much better this year is. So yeah. take that and remember that. All right. So that's uh, that's step one in the city, Pete. Making sure we get wow, wow. that some time. Uh, how about this? This is pretty cool. Ten Wawa fans will have a chance to win limited edition 
Wawa sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. By Garrickson, a Philadelphia sneaker designer and manufacturer as part of Wawa's uh, hashtag Wawa run social media sweepstakes. Wawa gave us uh, towels, beach towels a few yeah. years ago. Well, actually, it was years ago. It was yeah. probably 10 years ago at this point. Every time I use them, I have two of them. I keep them. I love them. They're great towels. Every time I use them, someone's like, well, where'd you get that? Can <laughs> I they, still get one? Do you know if I can? Can you get me one? Are they, they the Hogo, Hogi Fest ones or are they just the, the, the yellow with the Wawa logo? They're the logo big logo. Yeah, that's well, the I don't ones know. we have. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got both of them. Oh, I, no. I have. I don't think it's Hogi Fest. I think it's just a regular yeah. Wawa um, beach towel. And it's, I mean, they're great towels. And people stop me all the time on the beach, at the pool, no matter where I am. People want to know where I got the Wawa towel. So these sneakers <laughs> now, are we going to do well. We were gifted those. Yeah. I think from Lori Bruce and the gang at Wawa, but I I don't know about purchasing Wawa stuff like that. That's a good question. What if you want? Do they make that swag available for purchase? Uh, You know what? So the Wawa. So Nick is wearing his Wawa Delco shirt. Oh, I love this shirt. And that was I I had it on. (laughs) Yeah, that was a um, you could only win it type of deal. But it was such a huge um, hit. And they decided to make that available to be sold, and you could right. buy That's it. It's Mayor on, of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown, mm-hmm. yeah, but you could buy it on Wawa.com. So maybe if you go to, because they're, you, they have things you can buy in store, like the right. coffee mugs and all that, mm-hmm. but... So well, this past Tuesday, the beloved Delaware County-based convenience store chain announced it's releasing a limited edition Wawa sneaker in collaboration with Philadelphia-based sneaker designer, like I said, uh, Garrickson. Uh, they manufacture them as well. The shoes will be available to 10 fans through an end-of-summer social media giveaway, mm-hmm. which is dubbed the Wawa Run Gear Sweepstakes. Uh, the sneaker is a classic Nike Air Max 90 running shoe. Updated with colors and graphics inspired by Wawa. That's really cool. I have been invited to go to the grand opening of the uh, of the newest Delaware County Delco Wawa store. Where I'm, is the case? It, it's going to be in, in the Ridley area. Yeah. And uh, I'll be there on Thursday. And I'm just saying, if they want to have a pair of these shoes waiting for me there, mm. I wouldn't turn them away. Marissa? Oh, all right. I'm on Wawa.com, and they have an entire store. There you go. Yeah, there is a, it's not the towel that we have, but there is a towel on there. Okay. Well, and they have these socks that I actually saw somebody wearing the other day, and their feet look like hoagies. Oh, that's, because that's they pretty were, cool, like, too. the same paper that you wrap up, you know, so they, I mean, I didn't like that, that they were wearing them with Crocs, but their whole ankles look like hoagies. Uh, the red and white kicks with blue laces feature the flying goose pattern uh, from Wawa Hoagie Wrappers and the words Wawa Run on the side. Uh, the 10 lucky runners or winners will receive their fancy footwear in a custom Hoagie-inspired shoebox that will include a Wawa gift card inside as well. You know, um, if someone is out of town or has moved out of the area and you're looking for a gift to send, that's pretty cool, some of that stuff. Yeah, totally. Uh, Emily Kim is the technical designer manager, technical design manager for Garrickson, uh, said one of their sales reps, a guy named Brett Pulley, Hounded Wawa for at least a year to collaborate on a sneaker design. Uh, Garrickson has previously made sneakers for brands like Planters Peanuts, uh, Super Pretzel, and Budweiser. (laughs) And Kim said, for us, Wawa made sense because we are a Philadelphia-based footwear manufacturer, and they are a Philadelphia-based convenience store chain. They should do this more with other other things. that are. we need sneakers. Yes, we do. Preston and Steve sneakers. sneakers. That'd be pretty cool. That would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, Garrickson, if you're listening... And you want to do a special collab? Preston, Let's collab. We're we can do that. It. Preston and Steakers. Ooh. <laughs> it even works. Um, there have been offers there, um, for, in fact, I want to say we have MMR Steakers 
in uh, Eric Simon's office. We have MMR really? sneakers, too. We have Preston and Steve sneakers. No, I'm just saying, but yeah. the, the, the offer has been out there. All right, yeah. Oh, okay. There could be a P on one and an S on the other one. It could be. Uh, one of the fun features of the packaging of the Wawa shoes, uh, which Kim suggested, was to include an extra set of shoelaces inside of the small condiment-to-go containers <laughs> that Wawa uses for their sides. That's cool. Uh, if you like. So, um... I'd I, buy, I, I, I would buy a pair. I, I like these sneakers. So, if you want to win, uh, to enter, uh, you have to follow Wawa's Instagram page uh, between now and Monday. Do it, Kathy, and win them for us. And okay. then you keep a lookout <laughs> for designated posts. Comment on those posts with the hashtag sweepstakes. And share the post to your Instagram source. That's what you got to do in order to win. I like that it has the established 1964 logo in it, too. Well, and also, it's not um, like cheesy Wawa. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't blast it all over the shoe. They just put the logo a little bit on a a part of the shoe. They used um, red and blue. And, yeah, it it looks really nice. Yeah, it's a a nice design. So, well done. And you can enter to win those should you feel the need to do it. All right, what else in the city beat have for you? It's all local stories. There's so much going on. Um, And you're you're, you're the man man who walks. The streets looking for the stories. I just wander around. You wander around. Really? It's a city beat. Uh-huh. Uh, Lucy the elephant is having all of its metal skin replaced. We what? More than 50% of its exterior has uh, degraded beyond repair. Uh, the six story high elephant statue in Margate will close on September 20th after architects determined that it would be more cost effective to replace the metal siding than to try to restore it. So they're going to do a full rehab on it. All right. So we do know that inside you can um, you can rent it, right? Basically, almost like an Airbnb. It depends. I, I I think for limited uh, a limited time. Yes. All right. Like very very specific dates. If I recall that one story that we had, but yeah, it's a little. It's a little, you know, small one-room uh, domicile. As I remember, it kind of looks Harry Potterish inside. Yeah, does it not? Kind of like. Well, yeah. I don't know if it's dark like that, but mm. yeah. But I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. Kind of cute and right, uh, quaint, quaint. That's like you'd find up an elephant's butt. The perfect <laughs> word for it. So, do you know that it was built in 1881? That blew my mind. That blew my mind that it's been around that long. Preston. I had no idea. I knew it had been around for a long time, but not 1881. So, Preston, here's the picture of the interior, or at least the last time. You know, it's cute. It is cute. I like that. 1881, though. That's wild. Uh, Lucy was saved from demolition and moved a short distance from its original location in 1970. Uh, the National Historic Landmark on the Jersey Shore is one of the oldest roadside attractions in the entire country. Uh, the new overhaul is going to cost $1.4 million. Wow. I wonder how much it, it certainly generates in tourism and people coming by the area. It's well worth the cost. So that, I would imagine that 1.4 million <clears throat> is funded in part by a grant from the Preserve New Jersey Preservation Fund, administered by the New Jersey Historic Trust. How do they protect it from poachers, Preston? Uh, that's a good guy. They have armed guards. Yeah. Uh, during restorations, a weatherproof scaffolding will be built around Lucy. Uh, the target for reopening is Memorial Day of 2022. Okay, it shouldn't take that long. I mean, listen, it's gigantic, but it's not so big that you wouldn't be able to replace everything. I saw it for the first time with my own two eyes last summer. I've uh, never seen it. It's cool. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 You know what I you should do sometime, Preston, is drive from Atlantic City, yeah. uh, take the shore route down to uh, to Wildwood, because, it, you know, it, it takes a lot yeah. longer. But when you have a free weekend and you're not in a hurry, uh, it's fun to go through all those different shore towns and, and take the little bridges instead of the big bridges. It, you know, it'll take you... 
probably three or four times as long, but it's neat to see those towns, and you get to see stuff like Lucy. Well, right. and not necessarily. I have a tip for you. Um, do it off-season. So, like, yeah, you'll probably yeah. be going down to your house, you know, in the fall, maybe mm-hmm. even in the winter. Do it then. You know, you're not going to see all the crowds and all that, but you can see the shore towns. It, Nick's right. It's a really nice drive. Uh, so, uh, do I assume correctly that after Labor Day, it, there should be a tectonic shift in the amount well, of people down there? Like, two weeks after Labor Day. Oh, right. That first week, there's still people that think, hey, Labor Day's over, we can go right. down, and the crowds are going to be gone. Uh, yeah, give it to October. Yep. Uh, that drive, Preston, you could also do it when you're not paying attention and you miss the Garden State Parkway and then you have no <laughs> choice but to travel towards Atlantic City and drive oh, really? through all of the short towns. I can't tell you how many times I've done it. I mean, I've done it a number of times. I'm like, really? oh, my God. But I've done that on purpose, though. I have done yeah, that I do it where by I'm accident. like, I am not getting no, into dude. 7S. I know exactly uh-huh. where that is. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> counting down the miles. Uh, oh, because... I, know, I know where it is. Oh, I know, I'm just not paying You're attention. Just spacing out. Yeah. I'm paying attention because I'm like, I can't wait to get off the AC Expressway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to yeah. be somewhere else. Uh, no, so uh, especially if you're going down on Saturday when everybody else is going down because, you know, the, the rentals down there are Saturday to Saturday. So when there is miles of traffic getting off at 7S, one time... Uh, actually, a couple times I did that drive. I'm just going to drive through right. AC, Ventnor, Margate, Longport, and then there's Ocean City. But the other thing you can do, and here's a little trick, you go past, Kath, you know I this do, one? Yeah, I do. I was, I was, you, <laughs> you go past 7S, okay. and you get on 7N. Okay. okay. You go around the little cloverleaf onto oh. the Garden State Parkway. And do the whole thing. Oh, you yeah. go onto the cloverleaf, yeah. uh, get on back onto the AC, AC Expressway, get onto the cloverleaf from the AC Expressway going west, and then back onto the Garden State Parkway heading south. Yep. It's three cloverleafs, but you yep. can and w- what you skip it, that line. You skip, skip the line. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. skip like a mile of traffic. That's There's a all... death line. Yep. It's a death line, and you're not the a-hole that's driving on the... That's more important than everybody driving on the shoulder. There's also an illegal uh, turnaround, which is what I was going to talk about. (laughs) If you get on going north, and then you kind of take the little illegal, and now you're going south. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, officer. Did I do something wrong? All right. uh, Other stories from the City Beat. Um, Saw this one a couple of days ago. A judge ruled that the Phillies can continue to use the Fanatic as their oh, mascot. Oh, my God. This is just being yep. settled? It's the, wow. over a year, has it not? Oh, more. More than yeah. that. It actually dates back 50 years. I mean, like, the, the, this lawsuit has been going back and forth for since the Fanatic was created. But the and most this, this recent, recent flare-up. Was, yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. a few years. Oh, okay. So a decision that, this, that comes amid legal battles due to changes that were made to the mascot last year by the franchise. So in her decision, United States Magistrate Judge... Judge Sarah Netburin. Oh, so, so it went to court. In Manhattan, uh, wrote that the original creators of the Philly Fanatic, Wade Harrison and Bonnie Erickson, demonstrated that the mascot had been registered as an artistic sculpture under copyright law. Uh, Netburn wrote. If the Phillies had desi- had designed something so dissimilar from the Fanatic that it would no longer be recognizable as the Fanatic, then, by extension, it would not be a derivative of the Fanatic and instead would be a completely different mascot. But in 2019, the Phillies attempted to sue the original creators of the Fanatic. Uh, the team filed a federal complaint accusing Harrison and Erickson of going back on an agreement from 1984 to let the Phillies use the mascot, quote, forever. Uh, the team then decided in February 2020 to alter the appearance of the Fanatic, which included changes to the mascot's feathers as well as a few other tweaks. Now, I haven't seen side-by-side comparisons. Neither have I. They're noticeable, and it's not dramatic. You know, it's still the same goofy 
the mascot. But uh, when they first debuted, you could you could tell it was a different costume. Uh, there was an article that came out in the New York Times Magazine uh, on um, August sixth, and it was about the history of the fanatic, uh, how it helped to uh, form Gritty, uh, Gritty, and um, Dave Raymond, who created the fanatic, and now he has this mascot school, and I think it's based in Indianapolis or whatever. But it's a really fascinating look into how the fanatic. And Dave Raymond have changed the mascot game in the entire country, and it goes into great detail about this lawsuit as well. Hmm. Okay. I got to imagine if you're a major uh, team in a major market, major city, uh, you're going to drop a ton of cash well, on an, on a good mascot. They do, and they go to Dave Raymond for this business because he knows how to run it. And uh, Dave Raymond's uh, father was Tubby Raymond, is a legendary football coach at University of Delaware, and Dave has built this business. But Steve, they've done it so many times. Wrong. Yeah. Now, these cities and these mascots and these teams haven't figured out how to do it. Right. So they come to him in order to to do it exactly the way you're describing. Right, it. I have a question. You you said he he built it, but but Harrison and Erickson are the ones who designed. You're it. right. Uh, they designed it. Dave made it what it is. How? So, uh, by by. In- uh, embodying the mascot by, by literally being the first fanatic's friend and doing the the miming motion. Oh, he was he, he brought was it guy. to life. He okay. was the first guy. Tom Burgoyne has been the fanatic's friend for a long time now. Right. There are other fanatic friends that uh, work out with the fanatic from time okay. to time. But but Dave started it all. Watching the creation and meteoric rise of Gritty has been quite interesting yeah. because. Uh, you know, at first, we, along with everybody else, was hesitant. You saw the pictures of it, and you're going, no, this thing is horrible. <laughs> but then what they did with him and and the the videos and stuff, uh, the, the situations they, yes. they put him in, the creative stuff, that team has been brilliant yeah. in what they've done. So it's it takes a, a real marketing mind yeah. to make something like that click. Something creative. They actually also did, um, they, they quickly brought, Gritty by here and a number of other places uh, the day or two after the big unveiling and we gave sort of the papal blessing because we, we you, you got over. it in person. Yeah, yeah. we were yeah. one over immediately. Right. Yes, yeah. you, you'll like this article, Preston. It's called The Mascot Whisperer, the New York Times Magazine from uh, early August, and it talks a lot about Gritty, talks a lot about the fanatic, and uh, why some mascots have failed over the years. It goes into, like, the San Diego chicken and why that was popular. That was a radio station stunt. And you know, the first was the San Diego Manson, and they said... <laughs> that was just a bomb. <laughs> this is just a bad... Hey, everybody, enjoying the game! <laughs> San Diego Chicken was this intern who thought he was energetic and fun and funny, and he was like, I'll go do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. And he was persistent about it. The radio station was like, finally, fine. We'll send you out. And he did it, and it was a hit. And the, the Padres were terrible at the time. Their, their um, attendance doubled in a year. Wow. Be- because people just wanted to go see something fun. Yeah. And it helped with the fills a lot. Because- I remember the video of when they, they brought him out in a big like foam egg. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, it was and a gimmick, thing, yeah. and, but it was a gimmick that worked. It's okay. fun. It's fun. Well, by the way, while the Phillies are still legally allowed to use their new version of the mascot, uh, the judge recommended that uh, Harrison and Erickson be recognized as the original creators of the fanatic. She also noted that Harrison Erickson had uh, the right to end the Phillies' 1984 agreement to acquire the rights of the Fanatic, which they did in 2020 after the team made the mascot changes. So they're still going to be known as the creators. The creators. Even though they've changed the mascot. I have to somewhere. imagine there's probably some uh, financial consideration as well in that in that deal, right? I, it wasn't mentioned in yeah. the story, but uh, I, I do not know. All right, one more thing to mention on the City Beat. I saw this article uh, in Philly Mag. Um, and it's a little history because Casey was going on about Wetzel's pretzels. Yes, <laughs> like crazy. Just wouldn't stop talking about it. Um, and it's the relationship of Philadelphia and pretzels and the history of that. But what I didn't know is that we as a city, according to this article, 
eat 12 times as many pretzels than anybody else in America. Oh, my gosh. All right, so... The, and we yeah. make 80% of the nation's supply of really? pretzels. Really? I, I believe this. So huh. coming down years ago from New York where you a pretzel would be... Um, you might see a pretzel in, in occasionally in places, and then to come down and see them always by the register at the Wawa, mm-hmm. or you know, and, and of course the classic Philadelphia pretzel design, mm-hmm. and, and and how important it was. Um, yeah, I can absolutely believe that because it, it, it you know, Kathy, like it, it in New York, it's the pretzels there, but it's not as big a thing as no. it is here. No, definitely not. Um, so I have a question. Um, I know places like Philly Pretzel, they're they're making their own pretzels. Like when you go in there, you can see them doing it. I love it. What about Wawa? Do they make their own pretzels, or are they getting it from somebody else that's making them in Philly? They have a, I, I, they have a baker. Yeah, because I have a Wawa pretzel almost every day. Uh, and but it's um it's uh what, what do you call it vertical marketing? So the Wawa owns that bakery, and so they make them exclusively Got for it. Wawa. Okay. So, per a 1988 New York Times article on visiting Philly's pretzel factories, pretzel twisting was the second highest paying job in the city in 1861. I'm a pretzel twister. Yeah. Uh, the second highest paying job in the city. Uh, the article... I'm sorry, sir. We're all booked. I'm a pretzel twister. Get this man at the table quickly. Uh, the article states that the first pretzel factory in America was opened by uh, Lidditz in Lancaster County. Wow. In 1861 by Julius Sturgis. And one of his sons, Lewis, ran it almost until his death in 1976. And he would tell stories of how his father learned his recipe from a traveling hobo... <laughs> You want to know how to make pretzels? <laughs> Why, yes, I would, sir. Well, follow me. Got to put a little bit of your own piss in it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and also how the family sent pretzels to a son who was in prison at Andersonville during the Civil War. I would have to imagine, like, the, the you know, out in Lancaster and those areas, Lidditch and, you know, listen, when you get a pretzel freshly out of the oven, like a, a oh. Philadelphia pretzel, this is so freaking awesome. Uh, among the pretzel factories the Times recommended touring were the still-existent Center City Pretzel Company, uh, Philadelphia Soft Pretzels Incorporated, who pretzels went into space on the Columbia Space Shuttle in 1996, and the Federal Baking Company. Uh, per the 1987 book called The Larder Invaded, huh? uh, the earliest record of a street vendor selling pretzels in Philadelphia is one of uh, Daniel Christopher Kleiss. Uh, in the 1820s. Uh, according to the Heinz History Center, in the 1800s, a distinction arose between taverns, which served food and drink, and saloons, which focused solely on drink, mostly beer, and whose clientele was largely male. Germans dominated the beer biz, so when uh, saloon keepers figured out that they could sell more beer if they served salty huh. treats to wet men's appetites, That's brilliant. they naturally turned to pretzels. They sometimes even offered a free lunch of pretzels, pickles, and cheese. That actually sounds really good to me. My dearest wife, <laughs> today a hobo taught me how to create pretzels with his own piss. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think, um, you know, it's... Uh, I, I vacillate between what kind of pretzels I like. You yeah. know, now I'm currently on a pretzel nugget kick. Yeah, with the uh, wait, with the peanut butter inside or just regular? No, no, no. Okay. Just uh, you can get a cup like from the the, the Philadelphia pretzel. No, oh, soft pretzel. Pretzels also suffered during World War One from anti-German sentiment. What? Uh, Patriots banned them from saloons, and the Los Angeles Times declared them quote too German to be taken seriously. 
How I know. dare you, sir? Uh, prohibition threatened the pretzel's survival, but it actually thrived as folks brought them to accompany their home brews. They should have had freedom fries. One, yeah, right. Exactly what I was thinking. One major innovation was the debut of the pretzel rod. Ah, oh, now I love pretzel rods. Much simpler to make than its twisted kin. Uh, I think they're overrated. Pretzel rods are great. Now listen, taste-wise, they're not anything great. The ability to replicate and pretend you're smoking yeah, a, cigar, a cigar, that's everything. All right. Nick? Well, how, I guess wait, as a, as a gimmick, over- as, a, as a, a costume uh, accoutrement, I'll take it. But as a snack, <laughs> I'm going twisty pretzel. Okay. Kathy, you know that I my dream is to open up a pretzel rod club where everyone walks around pretending they're cigars. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a great idea. Do you really? Yes. She I would think be was, there. I would be there smoking cigars. Wouldn't that piss you all off if Kathy came to my cigar rod it's club? It's the only cigar bar I'll ever go to. You guys know I cannot. The smell of cigars, I mean, sends me into like a coma. I, it gives me the worst headache ever. I love pretzel bread. I love pretzel bread as a sandwich bread. It's it's uh, it's phenomenal. Wait until you have a Wetzel's pretzel, Steve. Wait, well, when Just are we getting wait. them? I don't know. Wetzel's pretzels, they were... They they slid into my DMs over the weekend. Oh, Kat. did they? Yeah, they well, did. And she... I still see no Wetzel's pretzels in the studio. Do, and do tell of the conversation. Uh, they stop uh... talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, just you know, just thank you. Light light flirting and stuff like that. Oh, well, anyway, what are you wearing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A big, bitch, you got big junk. Um, <laughs> you like mustard? I said uh, they they. They started following me, and then they tweet, and I'm like, they they grammed at me, and then uh, and then I grammed back at them with giant eyes looking at their gram, and then they they said, "Yup, don't be surprised when we show up." You know, Casey, oh, they, nice. they added you to their stories, yeah. and they uh, they put it in their highlights <gasps> on uh, on the Instagram oh my there. God, Casey, so you they have a Preston and Steve highlight. Maybe they'll add this conversation <laughs> to their highlights. <laughs> That's a compliment. Uh, but yeah. yeah, Wetzel's Pretzels Philly is their uh, their Instagram page. All right. Um, by the way, the uh, the pretzel rod sets the scene for 1947 in the debut of the Redding Pretzel Machine, a mechanical marvel that could twist 250 pretzels per minute. Mm. Uh, and then so, it became self-aware, though, and killed some uh, <laughs> Germans. Germans. <laughs> uh, the snack food, formerly largely confined to the mid-Atlantic states, spread out across the country in its hard, crunchy form, uh, which could be stored for long stretches in tins and bags. You know, the irony is that uh, Hitler was kind of a potato chip guy. <laughs> was wow. he? I didn't know that. He's a vegetarian, so. Um, so are there... I, 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 I got potato chips! Uh, then there have to be, you know, pretzel-like snacks, and I don't mean like uh, that look or taste like pretzels, but... Like gum. No, but there's got to be regionally something that we're just not aware of that, that exists, let's say, I don't know, in... Oregon, that they, that you know, it's a go-to for them. Like so, it's something pretzel- that is pretzel-like, but is not exactly pretzel bread. Right, 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 right. So I hear like, you. Um, you know, like they're pita chip crazy over there. But you know- <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you know that Beach Boys song, pita chip crazy in Oregon. Because if this the is Oregonians, like- they really dig their uh-huh. pita chips. chips. Uh, no, I'm just saying if this is. Um, I, listen, pretzels obviously exist all over the world. They do. There's been a study. Uh, um, yeah, we're talking about it right yeah. now. But if it is, you know, the concentration is mainly here in like this area, and you were, as you were saying, the Mid Atlantic. Let it go. <laughs> go ahead. I've let it go. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> do you know they flew over? You know that remote <laughs> tribe they found in the Amazon, Amazon that actually killed the people who first discovered it. 
Occasionally, planes will fly over it at a very low altitude, and they'll come out and throw pretzels at the plane. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, they have pretzels there. I mean, they, they... Case, can I sum up what you're trying to say? Uh, I, yeah, yeah, let, it, let it happen. happen. That there may be some hidden cuisine somewhere that we just haven't found out about. That's we... all I'm saying. Okay. You know, each Kathy didn't have to be that way about it. <laughs> it was just going, like, on and on, and I, like... I just, okay, I, I, I appreciate. Oh, thank you so much for your notes, you. Kathy. I appreciate that. No, she I saw my facial expression. I was helping you, like, so Preston wouldn't get mad at you, and then you wouldn't get upset I don't later care. that I don't Preston care. was we're, mad at you. We're good. We're good. Let's move on. So, it, what I was trying to get to is that forty years I want later, to talk about this Oregon thing. <laughs> <laughs> in 1988, and you guys will like this. Yeah. Anne Beeler, better known as Auntie Anne, oh. introduced her ideation of the soft pretzel at a farm stand in Pennsylvania Dutch country. I think I know where that is she was a raging slut um because there's a there's a small Eddie Ann's shop on the way to Hershey Park I will okay. tell you this oh. I get exclusively it's in the middle of, of, uh, of farmland the cinnamon pretzel the mm. Eddie Ann's cinnamon pretzel in the mall is my hands down absolute favorite but I, I've never tried any other pretzel on their menu list just the cinnamon pretzel uh, they got lots of good ones I rarely eat pretzels um, right. only because the only time I'm going to eat it is if I get it for Jace and he doesn't finish right, yeah, it yeah. but he doesn't like soft pretzels what? he does not like soft pretzels Steve he does like the cinnamon nuggets from Annie Ann's probably yeah. because it's more of like a dessert it, it is, yeah. they have soft pretzel day at his school all the time and I'm like honey do you want the soft pretzel he's like no I don't like it. you ever them. see the episode of the office where they, they have soft pretzel they have soft pretzel day at the office it becomes a religious thing where they're all waiting in line for their soft pretzels. By the way, Annie Ann's was, uh, now has uh, more than 1,500 franchises. Wow. Stanley yeah. loves his pretzel, Steve. On that. Yeah. Uh, Auntie Ann is still alive. And uh, whatever you said her last name was, Preston. Oh, uh, I apologize about this. Byler. Byler. Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, she serves on the board of directors at the Museum of the Bible. Wow. And um, she's also on the, uh, she got a master's degree from Eastern University. So Oh, Eastern's wow. local. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So she's still around, so maybe we could reach Let's out to her. Let's talk to her. Why did I yeah. think she was, like, uh, like, um, like had passed? Away, well, and the company's been around for years. She's elderly; she's seventy-two, but um, she still lives in uh, in the area. And yeah, maybe oh my we God. Can... A lot of love. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can talk to Annie Ann. That'd be very cool. Um, so, anyhow, uh, the biggest pretzel ever made, by the way, was baked by a Philly guy, a guy named uh, Joe Nacio, <clears throat> and it measured five feet across and weighed twenty pounds. Wait a second, that five feet across and twenty pounds <laughs> is the largest pretzel ever made. When um, was that? I feel like I remember that, see, it. that seems inordinately small. Well, hold on a second. It says, um, unless, of course, you believe the Guinness Book of World Records, which cites one baked in El Salvador in 2015 that was 29 feet long, 13.3 feet wide, and weighed 1,720 That's pounds. a pretzel. <clears throat> yep. Oh, we're looking at a picture of a Preston. Look at that. Oh, my God. Holy effing hell. It's massive. <laughs> and you know what? It looks good. It does look it good. It does look good. So the Pretzel Museum. By the way, used to be on North Third Street. It opened right. in 1993, and it is—it's uh, not there any longer. It's now the home of the Philadelphia Jacks. Uh, but you used to be able to uh, hand twist uh, dough and do some stuff like that. Have you ever had those home pretzel making kits? Yeah, they're great. We had uh, an Annie Ann's one, and it was—they tasted just like the store bought yes. product. Yes, it was excellent. Good to have around uh, for a little project for the kids. Or if you just can't get to any end. So, right. anyhow, it was an interesting look at uh, Philadelphia's relationship uh, to pretzels in Philly, Mag. So I, thought I like that. Bring it up on the city beat. That's all we have time for. 
Um, and thank you for those who have been on hold. I apologize. I'm not going to be able to get to your call, but we had to get through that story. And we have to take a break because we got guests and bizarre files and things like that. So we're going to break. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure that you stay with us because we won't be going long. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate Steven Singer.com. 93.3 WMMR presents Money Clips. Wow, we have a lot of clips. Your shot at stuffing 500 bucks in your Money Clip seven times a day. Weekdays at 8, 10, and noon, as well as 2, 4, 6, and 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 10000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's Money Clips from who else? 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks your wallet. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, I want to remind you that our Love You, Help You line is available for your convenience should you be looking to... Um, well, if you're looking to get a little boost to a uh, business, it's something we've still, uh, we're, we're continuing, uh, even though uh, things have gotten a little bit more back to normal. But, yeah, but they're, but they're, they're going back as well, you know. There's a big conundrum out there, and if I can take this opportunity, Preston, just to give you an idea of what we're looking for, what people are looking for, our friend JP, who used to own the Ugly Moose in Maniac, now oh, yeah. owns a place called the, the Bagataway Tavern in Conshohocken. Listen to what he's looking for. He needs a GM. Kitchen manager, servers, bartenders, barbacks, experienced chefs. He's a great guy, great boss, and all those positions are available. And he needs help. He's he's finding it hard, you know, to keep things running. Right, and and that's the issue. So if you're looking for work, time has never been better. He actually says you can call him on his phone, his actual phone, which is 484-988-0942. The great place in Conshohocken. But again, if you have a business and you're looking for assistance. Anything to help you get up and, and running. As you said, President, it's eased up a little bit, and, and hopefully we keep going in, in, a, in a good direction. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, it's wanted signs all over the place. Wait, did he buy that from the owners, or was he always he's, the owner He was always a co-owner, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's always been associated with that. The, the Ugly Moose sadly no longer exists. Yeah, you that know? was a great place. It was great. I we loved, loved it. There. That was a cool place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try and forget about the moose for a moment. Forget about the moose. <laughs> um, we need... Ugly moose, ugly moose. I really enjoy the intro to the the moose club. All the mooses are waiting for you. Hey, uh, which button was that? It was that pink, then green. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you forget the moose? (laughs) That's for a moment. (laughs) Why don't you forget the moose? We need that, that needs terrific. to be a set clip. That's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll have to do that. 
Man, this is one of the best shows we've ever had. Uh, end it up. All right. Um, we should do the Bizarre File. Here we go. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. <laughs> Brought to you this morning by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK. To get in on the action. It's a messed up story. To start with, German uh, police are investigating a leopard attack what? on a model who suffered severe injuries during a photo shoot. Yeah. Uh, the focus is on the 48-year-old owner of the leopard involved in the attack. One of two that she keeps along with other animals at a compound in the town of Nebra in East Germany. Uh, the 36-year-old model received injuries on her head during Tuesday's attack and was taken by helicopter to a specialty clinic. Wow. So it's one of these glamour shots where the woman is there and there's a leopard sort of draped over the couch and the leopard went crazy, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. The animal owner was being investigated on suspicion of negligent bodily harm. A public health officer visited the compound on Wednesday to check whether the animals were adequately kept and if the facility met regulatory standards. Uh, The animal handler has owned leopards... Uh, since 2019 and worked for over 20 years as an animal trainer. I guess it's their Joe Exotic uh, right, for right. circuses and amusement parks, so I don't know. Yeah, Heinrich Exotic. Yeah. Uh, at this point, can't you just Photoshop a leopard in? I mean, right. I, I mean, if you can do deep fakes and stuff like that, yeah. if there's an element of danger, why risk it? Agreed. A man was rescued after being trapped in a giant salt pile uh. for several hours in Newington, New Hampshire on Monday. A 43-year-old independent contractor working for Morton Salt fell 20 to 25 feet into the pile. Oh, my God. Early in the afternoon, the man was conscious and alert while he was stuck and was eventually rescued around uh, about uh, three hours. Um, the fire he was a little parched. The, the fire chief said the hole is approximately 18 inches wide or so, so he was it was a very tight fit in there. Jeez. Uh, he was able to talk the whole time. We had plans in place as far as breathing air if we needed uh, to get it down there for him. Uh, the man was removing some tarps when he lost his footing. In large piles like that of salt or anything, you you can yep. suffocate. Yep, absolutely. Uh, the hole in the salt was created by an abundance of rainwater, apparently. Wow. Uh, the man did not have any serious injuries. A moose oh. charged a runner. Again, <laughs> you not. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? <laughs> a moose charged a runner and left him with a hoof print shaped cut no on the way. back of his head. Oh, that's awful. Colorado officials. Left you something to remember me by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the New Mexico man was running on a trail with his two dogs Wednesday when they encountered a moose. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Uh, the runner was on a trail. The dogs were off leash about 50 feet in front of the man during the run. Uh, they suddenly bolted back toward the man. Uh, he stopped and saw the bull moose at about 50 feet. At that point, the dogs <laughs> ran past him and left the scene. Yeah, they're out, dude. Yeah. They're yeah. checking you, out. You had a story, was it earlier this week or last week, about a woman being, like, stomped? Yep, yep exactly. Uh, the man took two steps towards the moose to see it better, <laughs> and that caused it to charge towards the man. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? (laughs) The moose attacked the runner, giving him minor injuries, and he was taken to the hospital and released the same day. Uh, The uh, sheriff said he was very lucky that his only injury is a hoof print-shaped laceration on the back of his head. You bet your ass. Uh, Moose attacks in Colorado are increasing. 
Uh, they are protective animals and will defend their territory and young. Now, I had a moose uh, question earlier this morning, trivia question for the stupid question, and did not know that they, um, they're solitary, so they yes. do not have herds of moose. They, That's they, why a lot they of live, them are writers. They live a lonely yeah. uh, existence. And yeah. once, oh, that's sad. Once their their offspring are about 18 months old, yeah. they the the cow, the mom, will will shun them, like push <gasps> them away. Yeah, exactly. Get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. That's essentially what they do, and then they, they just kind of roam all alone. Uh, maybe they're happy, Kath. How I do you know? I think they are happy. Like, I, yeah, I guess, I mean be happy alone. I don't know. It just seems sad to not have any family or friends. All right. How about this? Or things. Police. One is the loneliest number that you ever moosed. Police are searching for a machete-wielding man who attacked a person inside a gas station before hitting a school bus as he tried to dry off. drive off. Authorities say 31-year-old Ted Treese uh, walked into the gas station and hit a man with a machete. What? These machete attacks. Treese was not yet. Treese, <laughs> dude, I'm off. It's I'm okay. Off. It's all good. It's all good. I wrote down gibberish clip, and I was thinking of the one from where it oh, says it here, Bruce oh, Almighty. Okay, yeah. Okay. Anyway, a little peek at how we work hey, here. Play the greatest American hero theme song. No, no. let's not. So, anyhow, Treese was wearing sunglasses and a bandana over his face. Police said the 31 year old knew the victim and stressed this was not a random attack. Warrants have been issued for him for first-degree assault and armed criminal action. Initial reports from officials claim people inside the gas station were able to get a hold of the machete and used it on the suspect. However, after reviewing video and statements from witnesses, they discovered the situation ended after the victim was struck in the face. Uh, the victim said that he knows who the suspect is and have spoken a few times over the years. He said he was playing video slots. The suspect walked in with the machete in his hands and was talking but not making sense. <laughs> That's where I want to go. That makes much more sense. Uh, at one point, the victim put the suspect in a headlock and broke a bottle over his head. He sped away from the scene and then hit a school bus and then he wandered off into a wooded area babbling. <laughs> This is right. like the local story of the guy at the sandwich shop. Got the uh, got the knife in his neck. Yep. All right, and then one more story. Uh the mother of a the mother of the toddler who was randomly shoved to the ground by a stranger in the Bronx recalled the horrifying encounter, including how the attacker was, quote, speaking gibberish <laughs> when she uh struck. Uh, Sarah Bernard said that uh, the still-at-large suspect came out of nowhere Tuesday morning after the mom and her two-year-old daughter, uh, Scarlett, left a deli. She said, next thing I know, my daughter's on the floor and the suspect is skipping off. She wasn't speaking words. She was speaking gibberish. Uh, Her eyes eyes were bugging out and everything. Uh, Little Scarlett suffered redness and swelling to the face from the caught-on-camera assault. Her mother said she's now perfectly fine following a brief visit to the hospital. The attacker is apparently known as a frequent panhandler in the neighborhood. Uh, The mother, (laughs) who was seven months pregnant with another child, said she was tempted to catch the woman herself as she fled. She said, honestly, I wanted to grab her, but... Uh, Scarlet's more important to me. Um, and they are now urging uh, people to keep an eye out for this woman. <laughs> she makes her way through this. This footage of this one, she she sort of dances over, like all happy, and just pushes the kid. That's yeah, weird. What was the woman's name? Uh, Carla, I think, or something like that. Because you said Carla left a deli. I thought that was her last name. Like, <laughs> no, she's no, an no, Italian no. person named Carla left a deli. left a deli. <laughs> and if you bring your kids around me, I'm going to push. It's just the way, the way that I heard By it. By the like, way. Hey, 
<laughs> Look at my moose tattoo. <laughs> oh, you threw it away? Oh, Carla left the deli. Oh, yeah. It was... Carla uh, left the deli. Scarlet left a deli. Scarlet, yeah. You know Scarlet left the deli. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you dating? Carla left the deli. <laughs> This is Joey still at the dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I have in the song. All right. All right, we need to take a break, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. We'll come back oh. in a moment. And uh, don't forget, Sandra Bernard's going to be joining us on the program at some point today. And also, there's a very cool um, uh, recognition of Pearl Jam's 10 yes. 30th yeah. anniversary today, we'll tell you about in a bit. Um, I want to give away some tickets to see John Mulaney. For his 480th show. Uh, his 13th. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, October 9th at the Academy of Music. Call number 18. We'll set you up with those tickets. 215-263-WMMR. Tickets are on sale now. Go to WMMR.com for more details. We'll be back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You Help You Line. Preston Steve are the right guys of everything. My name is Jerry Torres, and I'm a comedian. And if you like to book me, I perform at fundraisers, breweries, wineries, distilleries, firehouses, theaters, and meth labs. Kidding. But if you'd like to book me for a show, contact me through my email at jerrymtorres at gmail.com or on my TikTok page at jerrymtorres. And congratulations, President and Steve, for being inducted to the AVN, I meant the Radio Hall of Fame. Next message. Paramount Fencing Incorporated out of Collegeville, Pennsylvania. You can reach us at 484-975-3180 or book an estimate appointment online at paramount-fencing.com. I'll tell you, I pull in over here to get some gas in Harleysville, wetting my keister off, and I look over to see the famous Kenny Knight. I go over to him, and he's telling me that a lot of people in his development are getting pool, and the pool needs a fence. So please give us a call, 484-975-3180, or book online at paramount-fencing.com. Monkey pick ass. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Chair recognizes Steve Morrison. Yes. So you said you you came back. You had run a, a maintenance procedure on our Duncan machine, mm. and you'd done it correctly. You right? Dunkin' Chino machine. Right, Dunkin' Chino machine, which mm-hmm. is a, which is a necessity. You, yes. We, it's it to create life here at the station. It has to be running. <laughs> so you did the proper water maintenance thing, which is you have to run the hot water through the different spigots. There are a couple of them, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I go out, and you say the hot chocolate. You come in, and there's a, the, you just have a glass of a cup of hot. Water. Yeah, I tried to make hot right. chocolate, and all that came out was hot water. Right. So I go back, and I'm like, Since okay, Steve, can you fix this? Please? Let me see what the deal is. So I, <laughs> I start going, and I'm like, God damn, this is not. It's coming out as hot water. Mm-hmm. So I, I do process of elimination. I move that that particular hopper they call it, which has the powder in it, yeah. to the next one, and I hit it, and it still comes out hot water. What's going on? So I'm thinking, okay, it is a damaged hopper now. So then I I pour the hot chocolate powder into another hot... By the way, it looks like I dropped a hand grenade into powder out there in the oh, kitchen. Oh, really? Right okay. Because not only that, there's no more paper towels, and there's no oh, boom, yeah. there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. So so it looks like a disaster. I just want to put out that message to the employees of Beasley. It now looks like a desert in the, uh, in the cafeteria. But... 
by switching the hot chocolate powder into another empty hopper and replacing it, that's why you have a... So the hopper was broken. It, there's something wrong with it. All so right. it, it's by the sink. Understand it was not my intention to leave a disaster area in the kitchen, but we needed things done. Bill's going to have a heart attack when he, he comes in. He yeah. will actually jump off the roof. Bill hates messes. Well, he's not going to like this. He's a, uh, that's that's, that's his he, Achilles heel. He won't be mad at you because there's nothing for you to clean up with. There's nothing for me to clean up with. There are no paper towels. Exactly. All right. I just had to get that out there. Well, thank you. I appreciate all the uh, the laborious process you went through. Hey, speaking of Duncan, uh, the cooling caravan is out and about, and uh, they are headed to stop. There's three stops this morning. Stop number one is going to be at the Imported Automotive location in Havertown. And uh, Mike uh, Labardi had reached out to us. And he had written in and said, uh, uh, we have served Havertown and the surrounding communities for the past 48 years. And we pride ourselves on quality and not being afraid of tackling the things that most people don't feel comfortable doing. Like uh, a, like a faulty hot chocolate machine. He said, <laughs> we were open during the pandemic and pushed through the ups and downs of what each day brought us over the past few months. We've been very busy keeping up with our customers' need through all of the 50 heat waves that we've had. <laughs> yeah. uh, the crew in Imported Automotive, including the owner Ken, his daughter Leslie, who runs things, and Mike and John in the shop, greatly appreciate this stop. Well, we are happy to do it. Yeah. Ice coffee for everybody Woo. at Imported Automotive in Havertown. So, Mike, I hope you and Ken and Leslie and uh, John and the whole crew enjoy today. You know, I forget. We, we tend to do these, obviously, in the in the summer during the heat waves, and that's a, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, have we we have we done one or two in with hot coffee during yeah. cold snaps? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. yeah, Pierre's gone out with the hot coffee and yep. uh, been an enormous help for those types of things. So yeah, we we've done both both yes. seasons. Yeah, um, it's this is not by design, but it seems like uh, Fridays are the days for the connoisseur. It's true. Uh, so as because of we like, tend to eat more on the weekends. I, damn right. We <laughs> I, don't know. I just fixed a hot chocolate machine. Now this could have gone in the city beat, but it is going in the connoisseur because it's really a food story. Uh, but Donkey's Place, yes, is expanding. Well, Donkey's oh. Place, which we were we were presented with the legend of Donkey's as having the greatest cheesesteak that you could possibly have. Not only that, after we were uh, made aware of it. It ended up in a Goldberg's episode. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Yes. Was the one who had claimed right. it as the greatest cheesesteak, and uh, everybody was blown away by that because it's not your standard cheesesteak. It is it's not. way different. Served on a Kaiser roll. It's not chopped up meat. Uh, it's got a special sauce on it and all this stuff. So anyhow, uh, owner Joe Lucas, who has uh, sent us stuff on occasion, oh, yeah. which is really cool, is going to open open uh, Donkey's Place downtown. Ooh, Shea Donkey. At 37 Washington Street in Mount Holly, New Jersey. Oh, uh, okay. Um, an official opening date is yet to be announced, but the aim is to open within the next month. Uh, Donkey's, which currently has locations in Camden, that's one we've been to, and Medford is known for its cheesesteak. And with American cheese and browned onions on a poppy seed Kaiser roll, it's different than your average cheesesteak. So, as I said, Anthony Bourdain had proclaimed Donkey's Place the best Philly the Philly cheesesteak and New Jersey Advance Media's Pete Genovese named it second in his ranking of New Jersey's 21 greatest cheesesteaks earlier this year. So it, it is delicious. There's absolutely and I know some people will contend okay it's not a classic cheesesteak but it is a sensational sandwich. 
who is the creator of the recipe? Do we have we ever determined that? Is it the actual owner himself, or I it was his dad, or something? Dad? Like that, if I remember, but that's just yeah, that's a, a vague memory that I have. I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't know they had a place in Medford as well. I've, yeah. I've been to the Camden location right. on a couple of different occasions, and it's only open certain days, right? Well, it's open during the week. It closes, I believe, at like uh, four o'clock, and it is open, I think, the first Saturday of every month. Okay. Uh, but not normally not during the weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they had some pretty pretty solid fries, too, did they not? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, uh, Genevieve's had written, Donkey's is another place that bends the cheesesteak rules. The meat is not chopped, but served in big, hunky slabs, and the bread, not your usual sub roll, but a poppy seed roll. Top it with a thick pile of onions, and you have a cheesesteak bully, one that dares you to call it out. I like the fact that they're different than everybody else. I yeah. mean, listen, you, you know, you get, like, pizza's pizza, and a lot of pizza places are very similar in, you know, in texture and taste and, and all that. And then so so what these guys do is it just kind of turns it on its side a little bit, it's and, like I, the, and I the, like that. The Detroit pizza phenomenon mm-hmm. coming into the area and having a big hit. I, I love the onions on it. I, I'm not always a grilled onions guy, but for whatever reason, the way that they grill their onions, the way they brown their onions, to me, <laughs> really makes the sandwich. The Goldbergs well, episode is pretty funny Uh-oh. because as... as uh, Coach Melner takes you know into into the the the, uh, the basement to expose donkeys to uh, to Barry you know mm-hmm. and, and say here's here's the deal and and they will have they will not listen you know his, yeah. his father and his grandfather not this is this is an abomination and they blended that with Indiana Jones didn't they yes, they, they made a, yeah. a, like a map to to try and find it <laughs> right, in, right, in, right. In, in New Jersey uh, by the way it's named the um, donkeys is named after uh, the founder and Olympic heavyweight boxer Leon Lucas. Uh, it said his punch was like the kick of a mule. The original Donkey's Place opened more than 75 years ago. Uh, Leon! And I believe the onions, press are, they're ca- caramelized, right? Yes. Okay. I like caramelized. Yep. More caramelizing. Uh, so the new restaurant's menu will include cheesesteaks, fries, onion rings, mini panzerati, and its renowned hot pepper relish. Uh, the restaurant will have 10 to 15 tables for outdoor seating as well as a takeout window. Uh, and... Let's see here. Doggy's Place amassed a great popularity since opening as a bar in Camden in the 1940s. I so, wonder how, how much the Goldbergs led to. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a, a massive uptick. By uh, the way, the one in Medford opened in 2001, Casey. It's been around for it's 20 been around years. been for a while. And you mentioned the word Panzerati, and I had never heard Panzerati before. But it's we, a German tank. It is not. I don't it's even know what that oh. is. Okay. Uh, but we called that an inside-out pizza. Huh. And so Panzerati is a South Jersey thing, and my wife is you know she's from Marlton, and like... I've had, you know, in in, uh, in Delco, it was a place called Double Decker, and they got great, quote-unquote, panzerottis, but we call them inside-out pizzas. Okay. And she says that they don't even hold a candle to what she would get over in the Marlton area. Dude, when I was in high school, every now and then, they would have a, a, a pizza roll. Yeah. I hated those things. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> I, Preston, and I was never... Large, they were like burrito size. I was never able to taste it efficiently because it was incinerating <laughs> my mouth. It would burn your uh, It was so off. horrible. Yeah, and you would, you, would, you would not be able to really taste any food for about a week until the flesh... <laughs> Regrew over your your uh, the upper part of your mouth. It was horrible. Always yeah. so disappointed when I showed up and they were serving that. And I'm like, God, I hate you all, me, man. You guys should really try the double decker um, inside out pizza. It's, Listen, it's really. And I'm you can, down with it. It sounds good. No, these look good. We're looking at pictures of Panzerottis. They look good. Yeah. Just, um, just don't serve it at a quarter of a million degrees. Are they very different than uh, Stromboli? Or are they uh, pretty similar? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's different. Isn't it a fried case? Well, so you can get it fried or baked, okay. you know, or, or oven baked. So Stromboli uh, is... Baked. 
Well, no, I mean, yep. my stromboli is more like a uh, like a meat and cheese uh, thing, uh, and the inside out pizza. I'm sorry, uh, inside out pizza has like um, sauce in cheese. it, and mm, I, I have gotten. Um, stromboli with sauce inside of it. Yes. Or the the smaller I, version is, this looks like even know, a smaller version of a calzone. I know what he's talking about, though. So we called it something sauce. We called it something different, um, or at least the, the restaurant near us had this as well. And a fleshlight? What? <laughs> Fleshlight's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it replicates a porn star's vagina. Right. <laughs> but like Pinocchio's has a stromboli, and then they have a thing called a canoe, and the canoe is traditionally like an inside-out pizza, and that's different than the stromboli. Okay. I don't necessarily know what makes it different. Do you know what I think, Casey? I think they play light and fast with the descriptions a lot of times. Mm-hmm. As long as it tastes good, uh, I'm down with it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing, though, to Preston's point about that, again, it, make it in a way where you can actually, as a human being, Bring it into your mouth without burning you alive. Well, so that's what I was going to say about this inside-out pizza is, you know, you would think that, oh, all right, well, I'm just going to bite in at the end of it. But the problem is that all of the cheese and the sauce kind of, like, pulls down to the bottom. So your best bet, really, is to kind of cut it in half. And if you disagree with that, I apologize. But, you know, you, you cut it in half, and then uh, you can you get equal parts in, on either half, if that makes any sense. I know, I know what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. You guys think about pizza cones. I'm a, I'm a, I'm yeah, a fan. Never okay. had one. Gimmicky? They're okay. They're the, gimmicky. Well, think. the place that does it, that was a, the food truck. The food truck, yeah. Uh, they they, they taste good. They have a fine pizza cone. Would, would it be my first go-to? Right. No, but if I show up and there's a pizza cone place there, I'll take if it If you're on spin. a desert island and it's the only right. pizza that's available. And just me and a moose. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then oh you're good. <laughs> All right. Um. Why don't you forget the moose <laughs> for a moment? All right, I have uh, other stories in okay, that kind of story I want to get to, so let's move on to something else. Let's talk about erectile dysfunction. Yes, and oh. pizza. Uh, actually, University of Athens researchers found that when men eat a Mediterranean diet that is low in red meat, it can help improve erectile dysfunction. Uh, make your erectile dysfunction more efficient or fight it? It fights it. Okay, because I, 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 that's my diet, Mediterranean diet. That's, and I guess, why I walk around with a all the time. All the time. Yeah. Look at them now. Yeah, I can't even, I'm, I'm pointing west. Uh, it's because men with high blood pressure are twice as likely to struggle with erectile dysfunction, and the change in diet can help lower blood pressure. Researchers also found that men who most closely followed the Mediterranean diet had better blood flow, higher testosterone levels, and better erectile performance. Can a Panzerati give you a bone? <laughs> yeah. Uh, sure. Why not? If you're yeah. really hungry, right? Sure. Why not? It's just eating healthier. It's, yeah. I think so. I mean, it's, it's, it's a high blood pressure. Yeah, yeah. I, I do love. I do love a Mediterranean diet. I love all that. Preston again, cheese and uh, and uh, salmon and and uh, leafy greens and all that stuff. Yeah. Olive oil. That, that's all. I used to hate that stuff, and now I adore it. It's good. I'm so complicated. And it's good for your penis. Yeah. (laughs) You have anything? Waiter, what would be good for my penis? The Panzerati, sir. The Tarantini, specifically Panzerati. What's the Tarantini? That's when my wife texts me. She goes, it's specifically Tarantini Panzerati. That's, that's good like, for boners? That's good for boners, <laughs> I guess. Wait, wait, wait. Is I recommend, ter- sir, the Tarantini. <laughs> is Tarantini a place? I guess it's a place, yeah. Oh, okay. I've never been, so I'm kind of speaking out of turn here. Tarantini's Panzerati, and you know who you can meet there? <laughs> Stella at the deli. Yeah. <laughs> What would you no, recommend Scarlet for a Scarlet, 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 no, no, What would you no, recommend Scarlet for left, a raging boner? Scarlet left, left the deli. deli yes. <laughs> Scarlet left the deli. Scarlet left the deli. <laughs> She's your Panzerati girl. All right. I have another story. 
Uh, McDonald's says that it has pulled milkshakes from the menu in all 1,250 of its British restaurants. Whoa. This is pretty wild. Because yeah. of supply problems stemming from a shortage of truck drivers. Uh-huh. Well, and they have that huge milkshake pipeline that comes in from Alaska. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. From Alaska yeah, to, it goes all to the way, yeah. England. Yeah, it runs across Russia. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the fast food chain says that it's also experiencing shortages of bottled drinks. Uh, it is the latest in a series of shortages to parts uh, and products in Britain blamed on a combination of Brexit and the coronavirus pandemic. Mm. Uh, Britain's exit from the European Union at the end of last year has made it harder for the bloc's citizens to work in the UK, and businesses have also been hit by large number of uh, numbers of employees having to self-isolate because of possible exposure to the virus. I've always been a, a fan of the McDonald's milkshake. I like them too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, industry body, uh, the Road Haulage huh? Association, says uh, pandemic restrictions over the past eighteen months have delayed many of the uh, new recruits taking their driving tests. And the group says that uh, Britain is short. Uh, about 100,000 drivers from the pre-pandemic total of 600,000. So this is bizarrely taken an effect mm. on milkshakes. Gavin, you're charged with a very important task, the delivery of milkshakes mm. throughout the EU. Uh, the McDonald's has added, um, and it's I, I think it's unnecessary, but over the last like decade or whatever, it has added um, whipped cream and, and a cherry Chase, to the milkshake. You, you are Ooh, speaking to me, and I agree a thousand percent. I have to, I always have to say no whipped cream. I don't no cherry. Uh, the milkshake Oof, itself yeah. is enough. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. How wrong you are, folks. It's while it's it, it I, to I, me the last it, part of the milkshake with uh, with um, with whipped cream on top yeah. is an awesome little surprise. It kills Steve, my Panzerotti boner. Yeah. Steve, do you not like whipped cream? Because I know you don't get it on other stuff too. Uh, no, for example, sometimes on hot chocolate, I, I, whipped cream is great. Um, uh, I don't get it a lot on a milkshake. No, because first off, how does that negatively affect a milkshake? It, it, I'm it turns it into the devil semen, <laughs> as far as I'm no, concerned. No, seriously, what, yeah, what, does it taste poor to you, or I, you like the ice cream better? Or I like the milkshake taste. I don't want the the, 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 the whipped cream taste on top of it. I don't like mm. it. Doesn't, and I also don't like the fact that I I'm already in a calorie nightmare. Yeah, if I'm Why? ordering a milkshake, yeah. I'm not necessarily worried about the calories, but I, I and it's not a taste thing. I just think it's uh, for me, it's unnecessary. I like no, I love whipped cream and I love a cherry on top, but that to me belongs on a Sunday, not a milkshake. I yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I don't. To me, I want the the purity of the shake and its milkness. No, nah, any, anything that I get liquid wise, like a hot chocolate or whatever it may be, a, a frou frou coffee thing. Yeah, uh, especially if you get like a. Um, hmm. Uh, if you get like a uh, uh, frappuccino or something like that, a frozen cappuccino, and they put whipped cream on top, when you get to the bottom, that whipped cream is taking a little ride from the top of your <laughs> cup all the way down. I agree with you on that. You get to the bottom, and that's your last bit. Mm. Well, I'll tell you it's where I stand on that. It's the money shot. <laughs> like on a caramel or like on a macchiato or something mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. On a regular chocolate milkshake, though, or a malted milkshake? No. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. Respectfully. Uh, so, I yield to the senator. <laughs> so anyhow, um, they are they're having to put the hold on all of the uh, milkshakes at McDonald's in uh, in England. They're saying they might have to uh, consider drinking water. Wow. Uh, you know what's funny is the ongoing joke uh, through Ted Lasso about tea. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yeah, just, yes. He's like, that's disgusting. Brown water. <laughs> he keeps trying. He keeps trying. Uh, nope, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> Uh, let's see. We'll do one more thing because uh, we got a guest coming up. 
I want to make sure I get to something that might be time sensitive uh, so I don't end up just throwing Minute it away. Rice. No, not time like that. Oh. I mean, like, the that's a... Uh, I have a few different Taco Bell stories. Mm, you know, you're in Casey's um, territory then. They're actually, they, they're they building one near me, Casey. Are they? In Harleysville. Okay. It's, it's wonderful. I'm not even that big of a Taco Bell fan, but all we have in Harleysville is a McDonald's, and I just want something different. Wow. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Are, well, ha- we have a Dairy Queen and we have Wawa, but I mean, yeah. as far as a drive through, uh, grab something quick. I just, I'm very much looking forward to having another option. Has they changed the design on those? Is it the new design, do you know? It's still being built, so okay. I'm not right. really sure. Well, is it going to be a standalone Taco Bell, or is there going to be a Pizza Hut uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken involved? It looks like it's just Taco Bell. Okay, that's pretty cool. The Taco Bell right around the corner here is a great Taco Bell. It's my favorite Taco Bell to go to. The service is great. The food it is, and it's a straight-up Taco Bell. Food is pretty consistent. No, it's actually Pizza Hut Taco is Bell. Is it? Yeah. I didn't even know. But the Taco Bell near me at home, it's a Taco Bell KFC. Right. And I can't go there anymore. I like, just because um, you could be second in line and it's still going to take you ten minutes to get your food. It's just not right. And no, I can't. I can't take it anymore. So, and my son loves Taco Bell, and he always like when we're driving past, he's like, "Let's." I'm like, "I don't shut up. I don't have the time." Yeah. Uh, well, anyhow, they have announced that uh, they're adding several breakfast items to the menu next month. Uh, the new options include the cheesy toasted breakfast burrito, mm. the grande toasted breakfast burrito, the hash brown toasted breakfast burrito, the hash brown toasted breakfast burrito <laughs> steak, and the cheesy toasted breakfast burrito potato. Do you have whipped cream on your hash browns? No, I don't, I don't do whipped cream on my hash browns. I think breakfast burrito might be one of my favorite things. Really? I mean, I don't think I would ever go to Taco Bell for it, but, like, anytime we've ever had, like, a meat need or something and someone brings a breakfast burrito in, that's, like, my, I will go for that first. I love them. Yeah, the breakfast burrito on the McDonald's menu is the unsung hero, I think, of the breakfast <laughs> it's menu. It's not bad. Yeah. Is it it's still on bad. there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, because yeah. they removed the fajitas from most Dude. menus. I rediscovered something at McDonald's that I had completely forgotten about, Ooh, and I'm so what happy. What do you think it might be? The uh, filet of fish? No. Dude, my dad used to get that all <laughs> I did, time. too. I used to all love the it. time. They're I not bad. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger and a filet of fish, yeah. but no. The double cheeseburger. Oh. Dear Lord. It's kind of the standard for me, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'd forgotten about it, yeah. and and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a cheeseburger guy from McDonald's. It's simple. You know what you're going to yeah. get every yeah. single time. It's a quick, easy go-to. Something about adding that extra patty and cheese on there no just doubt. makes it See, a beautiful thing. And I, I and it, for a long time, it wasn't even on the menu. You just had to ask for it. I think you're right. I think I, now my I definitely have Spartan sensibilities when it comes to a lot of these places because I love the double quarter pounder, naked, naked, no just cheese, bread, no nothing. nothing, just the bread and the. I need bread to try that just to yeah. see because the the burger flavor and my they, mouth and, is getting dry just thinking about it. Yeah, I, well, need, I, I, I put whipped cream on it. <laughs> I need juicier now. It is. I need okay. cheese and ketchup and accoutrement. Uh, may I make a recommendation on a breakfast burrito in our area? There's Ooh. there's a restaurant called Nudies. There are several of them yeah, around, yeah. and Nudies has. Uh, I was just there the other day. Excellent breakfast burritos, Kathy. Next time you're there, they are the size of a baby Jesus. They're massive. The, oh. the, it's, it's a, you know, if you're going to have a breakfast. We have you, a woman here dropping her top. <laughs> you're not going to need lunch after it. She but, is leaning back playing yeah, with her hair right now. I did notice that. So. Oh my God, I love nudies. Yeah, there's one in Conjahawken now, right on Fayette Street. Yeah, and they, on our day off, uh, I took Chase there. There's 12 or 13 in the area. The original one was in uh, Stratford. My dad was going, has been going for like 30 plus years. Uh, Stratford, Devon area. But um, yeah, a nudies breakfast burrito is really good. What's huh? their cuisine? What's their, what, how would it's you categorize it? Standard American, American fare. Yeah, I mean, but they're, there's... 
I think it, at some point in, in Philly, there was a lack of great breakfast places, and Nudie's was one of these ones yeah. that filled the void. And so um, they've done really well in, in their expansion over the years. And so I'm, I'm a huge fan, and no would love to give Ray and uh, company some, uh, you know, some love. It's a sit down. Yes. Yeah. yeah they have. Uh, it's a squat. They uh, don't have chairs, so you have to squat, and then they bring you a, a straw, and you have to suck the burritos <laughs> through a straw. That's uncomfortable. The, no, the the one in, it the, seems difficult, but it's actually very easy. The one in Conjahawken is huge. I've been to the one, uh, I think there's one in Devon, right? Yeah, that there's one in Devon next to where the Barnes & Noble is. Yeah, that one's kind of, uh, it's smaller. Anyway, this is took over an old furniture store, yep. and it's huge. So there's places to sit. Is that place called Brunch still in uh, Conchie? Yes, but okay. it has changed its name a couple times, so I don't really? know if it's still called. Brunch. It's it's really might, it good. might be brunch now. Okay. Pajamic. Uh It's now Pajamic. <laughs> it's Swunt. Yes, it is It is still brunch, okay. Preston. Okay. They have really good breakfast. I was just curious since we're talking about conchi and breakfast food. All right. Uh, we should probably wrap, right, Casey? Yeah. Yes, coming up. All right. Uh, that's all we have time for. Do- Fear not, friend. I'm sure we'll dive back into the connoisseurs. That was good. Deep pockets next week. There's some good stuff there. We got stuff to get to. We have these uh, movie screening passes for uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It is next Wednesday at the UA King of Prussia, 7 p.m. You want to go? Uh, I can take three callers right now, and we'll give you those passes. 215-263-WMMR is the number. We'll break and come back in a moment. Moment. Uh, Sandra Bernhardt yeah. will be joining us because she's, uh, she's in town next week. We'll be right back. Hey, podcasters, would you like to win passes to Preston and Steve's exclusive screening of Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? It's happening on Wednesday, September 1st at 7 p.m. at the UA King of Prussia. To win your way in, just go to WMMR.com, scroll down to the contest ribbon, and tap Preston and Steve's secret contest for your chance to enter. Good luck, and thanks for listening. Our next guest is a force of nature. I love her. She's a ball of energy. Yeah, she's always been great. Watch her be dead tired when I go to her on the phone here. <laughs> well, <laughs> well no, no. We, listen, we understand. We, we've we been up for a long time, and we tend to forget other people aren't. No, but she's uh, not only hilarious, but she's a great actress. She can sing. She's uh, like an uh, all-around entertainer. That's why this uh, cabaret show it looks uh, mm-hmm. really intriguing. City Winery in Philly uh, next Wednesday, I believe, September 1st. Please welcome to the show this morning, Miss Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah, hey. You're wide awake. You're wide awake. <laughs> You're wide awake. I'm, not, I'm in New York. I'm not in the West. Ah. I've been up for a couple of hours. Nice. I've, Good. I've showered. I'm ready to rock. <laughs> I'm here. And by the way, congratulations on your induction to the, uh, is it the radio? Is it music? Radio, radio Hall of Fame. It's the yeah. National yeah. Radio Hall of Fame. It's, about, it's past, way past time. Oh, well, thank oh. you. That's very kind Thank you. you. We're no, very... Exciting, very exciting for I'm excited for you, happy for you. Thank no, you. it is cool, and it's one of those weird things where you get an accolade like that, and you're like, we there is no way we are deserving of this because you look at other people in the you know who are in that hall and and are in the virtual hall, uh, and uh, it's it's amazing. But uh, yes, it, it is an honor. H- how are you in, in your life? You've received a number of awards. Are do you do you process it well? Is it something you you sort of demure from, or how do you approach that when you are given an accolade? I mean, of course, I like you, everybody feels, anybody with a mind and a brain and a thinking person is always a little bit embarrassed, you know, but right. initially, but, you know, it's part of the deal, it's part of the business, it helps propel your career, keep it going, so, and it's, it's nice, it's nice to be acknowledged, and I think if you're not a fraud and you're somebody who's really been working hard throughout your career, it's not like 
Oh, how did this happen? I mean, it makes a little bit of sense. Right. You know, no, you're right. <laughs> so it's, it's a good thing, and I, I always welcome it, and I hope there's more to come for, for, for you and for me as well. Uh, so. Hey, I wanted to ask, Sandra, were you, you know, talking about uh, in, in the industry, in the business, I wanted to, to find out, you know, when you got started. And, because you, you impressed me as somebody who, like in high school, was in the drama club and did all that type of thing. Did, did it start early with you, the bug? Well, I knew I wanted to be a performer since I was five, and my, my parents took me. We, we lived in Michigan when I was until I was ten, and so we went to a lot of theater in, in Detroit. Uh, you know, musicals that came that were in kind of trying out in Detroit before they came to Broadway. So that was my first sort of like inkling that I wanted to do this. But I really did. I mean, I was in the chorus in high school, but that was once we moved to Arizona. It was like. They never chose me to be in like Aww. even in Funny Girl, but I think Aww. that was good because I think then you know that you're just going to go out into the world. I moved to LA when I was eighteen, nineteen. A year later, I started doing stand up, and and it was just sort of you know a trajectory from there. You know, it's just back in those days. Of course, you had to get up, work every night, perform. There was no social media. There was no YouTube. You couldn't become a YouTube sensation. You had to. Pay, pay your dues as a performer, and I think that's really the only way you have longevity is by getting up every night and having failures yes. and successes, yes. getting kicked in the butt, and then, you know, moving up the ladder slowly. Well, two, well, two things. I always loved your approach because you were always, you, you've always been very talented, but you there's always also a subtle satire on other entertainers in the way that you... Uh, you know, the, your, your 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 persona. And, and you're talking about your stand-up comedy. You're, you were back with, um, you know, the, at the comedy store with a lot of the luminaries, you know. Uh, yeah. All of them. I oh. mean, from Letterman to, you know, I mean, of course, I was on the Richard Pryor show in the 70s. My friend Paul Mooney, who sadly passed away this year, and I've been devastated by that, really discovered so many of, of all of us, the young talent, Robin Williams, me, a bunch of other people, and cast us as the as the you know the players on that on that short-lived series but it was an incredible experience to be around richard pryor wow yes. and absorb his brilliance and his also his compassion he's like a really like supportive wonderful person and just let people shine and that to me is another signal that somebody has talent when you're not threatened by somebody else's talent exactly so it, it's, it's got to be interesting and, and to our earlier earlier part of the conversation you were there. You were seeing it all go on. When did you finally appreciate that you were in that rare time when stand-up took sort of a quantum leap forward? You know, I don't think you know, I don't think I fully realized it until you know maybe ten, twenty years later when you saw all the success of all the people around you, and, right. the lo- and again the longevity. You know, seeing people go from from being stand-ups to doing you know, sitcoms to becoming movie stars. I mean. We all had our, you know, climb up the ladder, and it was just kind of an amazing thing to watch everybody go in their own unique direction. Uh, Sandra, I wanted to ask you this because lately, I don't know, like a month ago or so, whatever algorithm on YouTube uh, exists, it started posting videos up for me to look at that it thought that I would like. <laughs> you want right, this. And these were videos of Jerry Lewis being a dick to people <laughs> or, or his family members talking about what a jerk he was. Wow. You had a, you were in King of Comedy with him and you guys had scenes together. They're oh, great yeah. scenes. Did, was, yeah. How was he with you? Um, he was um, standoffish. Mm-hmm. He could be a little bit um, abrasive. Not always nice, but I, I have to say, 
you know, having a sense of humor myself, you can, I kind of stepped outside of myself and the character was, was so audacious. It all, it all worked. I mean, I never took Jerry seriously when he was like, you know, pontificating or telling people, he, you know, um, Marty Scorsese led him quote unquote direct a little bit in some of the scenes because he was quote unquote a director. Mm. And so we all just sort of like humored Jerry, you know, and it was, Ultimately, a great, great experience working with him. I think that, and that's probably, and you have to do this a lot. Uh, I, I am a huge Jerry Lewis fan for a lot of the the innovations and things that he did, but I, I always have known that he was could be an insufferable prick, and so you you, you have to sort of you know disassociate that from 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 the 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 art. But I mean. You know, there. That's why you admire people who can get through it and and have stellar careers and remain nice. And and um, you know, as you said, it always seems to be the really talented people who are not covetous of other people's success and and encourage them and move them along. Has that, has that been your experience? Absolutely. I mean, I, all the great people I've worked with. I mean, the Robert De Niro's and 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 the the, the higher up the, the the ladder people are, usually the nicer they are, and 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 therefore it also teaches you to be nicer to people who are coming up along with you. So it's like it's sort of like it's like a a, a round you know a, a circle of, of of respect and also like you know really helping people come up with you, you know, because yeah. you can't keep it forever. I mean, it's not it's not yours to keep anyway. Your audience you know, decides who they love and your work reflects, you know, if you have the long the, the longevity to, to stay in the game. Well, I, I, I want to ask, uh, you know, obviously some other you're, you're at the, the, the nexus of a lot of pop culture things that we love. But I also want to uh, ask about the the cabaret show, because this seems singularly perfect for you. And is this something that you, you really, really enjoy doing? Yeah. And a matter of fact, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing a little mini tour of the city wineries, New York. Philly in Boston over the next week, and this is literally the first time I will have been on stage wow. in a year and a half since the pandemic. I mean, I did some stuff. I, I also do my, my radio show weekly on Sirius XM, Sandyland, so that's a great <laughs> outlet for me to keep my material honed, but there's nothing like getting up on stage in front of a live audience, and for, for all of us, any of us who, who've come from that, that world, you never stop doing it because... You can't you can't re reenact a, a night that, that's unique. You know, every night you get up, it's something different. And I do a lot of improvisation, and and I have my my music with me. That I'm just doing piano on this on this tour, but often I have a band, and so it just mixes the whole world, all the genres of stand up and music and rock and roll and cabaret and. You know, and, and it's very timely, and yet it's very personal. So it's it's a big sort of a mashup of all the influences that have really uh, inspired me as a, as, a, as a performer over the years. There's something so cool about it, and I think for, for people, like when you talk about Richard Pryor and, and obviously your experience on stage, I, I think the that that the show, the singular show, it, there, it, it's it, it's an ephemeral moment in time, and, and like, you know, people will talk about, oh, there was that night, that performance, and and there's something about the fact that once it's you know it's, it casts off into the ether once you're done and that I think that's what excites a lot of performers is that what gives you the energy? You just described it exactly. You know, I mean, when you've been in an audience of a great performance, you know, whether it's Tina Turner or Bruce Springsteen or Stevie Nicks, I mean, 
that, that those moments are indelible in your memory, and it, it's a connection to a time and a place. And, and conversely, if you are the performer and you've walked on stage and you're having one of those nights is magical, hopefully all of them are in their way, but some nights are even more than others. And you go, oh, yeah, that night, that night in Philly, that was like something I'll never forget. And, and you have that connection with the people that were there. And that's, it's, it's, I don't know, it is, it transcends anything you can describe, really. Yeah, no, it's, it's very cool. I wanted to ask you, we were actually talking recently about, and it's sort of become a, 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 uh, uh, pop culture phenomenon or, or a rebirth of the movie Hudson Hawk, which we, and, and, and it is, I remember when it came out, it was sort of, oh, this is a, you know, this is, this is a bomb and so on and so forth. And I think everyone found moments to love in it. And now it's now received sort of um, pop culture cred. Are you aware of that or are, are you? Uh... Yeah, well, I mean, I see it pops up a lot on, on Twitter for me. You know, people will, you know, post, you know, little memes and, you know, little pictures from of me and Richard E. Grant and from the, from the movie. And, I mean, going into it, I was really excited because it was a very tongue-in-cheek and it was sort of a spoof on on. Bond films, and it kind of went off in another direction. I, mean, I think it could have actually hit the sweet spot. Right. But there were a lot of things at play that I won't get into because it, it also sounds sort of like, you know, a little bit trashing, and I don't want to trash it <laughs> I gotcha. in retrospect. But I had so much fun shooting it, and we we shot it in, in Italy, and we were, you know, all over the place. And so it was a glamorous experience, and the results was not exactly what I was hoping for. But, yeah, people really seemed to like Love it, uh, you know, in retrospect. So you just, again, every, everything or some things find their time and then become what you hope they would be. I guess that has to be like, so obviously we talk about the, the cabaret performance and you, you're controlling everything. You have all of that. When you get involved with something that, and this was a large movie, Bruce Willis's star was, you know, at, at its zenith at that exactly. point. Exactly, um, yeah. You, but you, there's, you, then you sort of surrender control and, and, uh, have you had those moments where you're involved with something that you went in thinking this is going to be a grand slam and only to realize, oh, boy, what did I get into? You know, very few things I felt that way. I think I really think Hudson Hawk was sort of like the, the number one uh, experience that I thought was going to be a huge hit because Bruce was really at his his nadir, at the top of the you know, of right. his game. Um, other than that, I feel like everything I've, I mean, there's little projects that sometimes never get seen, but that don't, you can't count those. But I feel like from Roseanne to like Will and Grace and, and now of course Pose, which, yes. you know, I, I had a great role on. I've, I've kind of lucked out and been a part of a lot of, of, you know, timeless epic, you know, um, projects and, so I can't say I really feel that way about anything. Well, that's good. Now, I, I didn't see Pose. There's so many shows on television now. It's I hard know. to keep track. But um, is your character, they're, they're adding a third season. Um, you're a part of it, or was it a... Oh, yeah, yeah. We just we already finished it. It's already aired. Okay. Right? It, was, it, was, it was the season finale um, a couple of months ago. And, and you know, the, the, the show is, is nominated for an Emmy. Nice. And MJ Rodriguez and Billy Porter are also nominated. So it's... It was a very powerful end to a great um, series. Nice. Hey, so Sandra, when you, when you, people come out to see you to City Winery next week, what um, what mindset would you like them to be in when they show up? Um, celebratory. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I think that in spite of the fact that we're still in the midst of this pandemic and 
there's a lot of people that are not willing to like deal with it or take care of themselves and get vaccinated. You can't come to the show unless you're vaccinated, right. which I'm very happy about. Because, I mean, I've worked really hard to stay healthy. Um, and I hope everybody else will do the same for themselves. So, I mean, it's really a celebration and it's, and it's going to be fun. But of course, you know, I'm going to be talking about my experiences during the pandemic, but not in a, like a, you know, a, a, a maudlin way because right. we've, you know, for those of us who've come through it, it was another experience that adds a layer, you know, yeah. I don't have to tell you. I mean, yeah, right. I, I'm not going to sit here and like lecture, give you a lecture about how we all evolved during this. Some <laughs> did and some didn't, but, um, yeah, it's really, I'm just so excited to be back on stage that, and I'm, I really can't wait. No, it's it's cool, and I think it's exactly what um, you know what that that kind of cabaret show. And you, you obviously, this is what you do really well. People are just generally excited, and and things that we've already done, you know, little bits here and there, just getting out and seeing people and and having that re re uh, re energizing, if you will. Uh, this is going to be great, and I think people are going to love it. Yep. I really appreciate your time and and like supporting me. And again, I'm I'm very happy for you guys because you know. It's it's um it's a long haul game and you know to get up every morning and do what you guys do is is no easy feat. Oh, that's very it, kind. You do it so well and I really appreciate Aww. you know your your support and love and um let's just keep uh, you know rocking in the free world. <laughs> I agree. Right, yeah. Sandra, next Wednesday, City Winery in Philly. You can get tickets to citywinery.com. Thanks for coming on this morning, Sandra. Thanks so much, guys. Sandra Bernhardt. Hey. Hey. She is a. So good in um, Keep on King yeah. of Comedy, which she won. You mentioned Preston. Yeah. There's a scene where they have, she has Jerry Lewis taped to a chair. <laughs> and they're holding him hostage so Rupert Pumpkin can, uh, Pumpkin can have his, you know, his career. Uh-huh. And uh, the interaction she has with him is so great. Oh, my God. It's, she's obsessed with she's him. Obs- and she's hilarious. And she's hitting on him and he kind of plays along and... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. But I had a feeling, you know, she was. I think she was sugarcoating it a little bit about Jerry and uh, you know just being a, a jerk, unfortunately. And then you flip on the other side, and he's the guy who started the uh, yeah, the, the telethon, telethon. And, yeah. and you know, so there's. Yeah. But no, there there are no shortage of Jerry Lewis's a dick story, yep. Yep. and yet I'll watch the Patsy or the Aaron Boy or his the Nutty original Nutty Professor, and there are legitimate. Moments of, of genius, you yep, know. Yep. So there you go. All right. Well, anyhow, her show is uh, next week. If you want to go check that out. Um, did you think about what you're talking about in the bathroom? I did. Okay. Casey and I had a conversation <laughs> in the bathroom. Did you? He's, yeah. he's like, I think I want to ask you something, but I don't know if I want to ask you on the air or not. Was it about the uh, Dunkachino machine? No, I no. think you're good on that. We just shot a video, Marissa and I. And <laughs> oh, I, you did? I sort of had to explain why it literally looks like I put it through a grenade into the machine. I saw it. It's yeah. pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. I ran into Andy in the kitchen, and she was like, I just saw the email that said it was all good to go. She goes, but what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, is it all cleaned up? By the way, it's. I uh, I, I, I didn't do it. I, I, I tried. <laughs> there were no paper towels. There was no. Uh, no. AC keeps stash paper towels if you ever need them. Yes, or they, and they have them in the bathroom too. So yeah, I'm grab those. Hold on, Marissa has an update. I guess. Uh, I don't know if it's cleaned up, but it is fixed. Okay. okay. All right. Excellent. Matt Calvert swung by. And All right. Fixed. Oh, that was it. Oh, fixed. Fixed. Oh, yeah, just like, called me Mister Fix It. Like I just thought you were just <laughs> accentuating <laughs> fixed, but that was a Matt. No Calvert. reason to stress out. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Okay, so I need a. This is a judgment call for everybody here. All right. So you're. If we don't want to talk about this, we'll move on to something. We can else. move on. If we decide right. this is not worth talking about, Casey, is it was about uh, a food pretzel like food in Oregon. It's no not food. Okay. He was wrestling with uh, with the idea of bringing it up or not. So All right, go, go ahead. ahead. So uh, judgment call. So your spouse 
or girlfriend or boyfriend is uh is asleep. They're they're napping, right? right? And um, you have a hankering to go to Rita's Water Ice, right? And um, oh. okay, I know. Okay, go ahead. I know where you're going with this too. Okay, yeah. Do but you? Quick question: Did this happen to you, and did it cause a problem? This happened to me, and I got the double middle finger. Uh, okay, list. okay. So I, and, I, and said spouse woke okay. up. I had a similar thing happen recently, so I can commiserate. Go ahead. Okay. Do you uh, <laughs> wake your spouse up to see if they would like something from as they Rita's are, Water Ice? As they are resting. Yes. As they are getting their much-deserved sleep, correct? Yes. yes. No. Mm-hmm. And you, ha- you, you, have, you know this person. I can and answer you, immediately when you're done. You have woken said person up from a, from a peaceful nap before, and it was never a, a good experience. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> so do you, do you leave it them asleep? Okay. Uh, so you have a couple options here. You, you leave them asleep, right. uh, and you don't get them anything from Rita's. Right. Because... <laughs> For some reason, do you, touch, do you touch their boobies? You, always. Uh, be, for some reason, you if you go to any other store, you know exactly what to get them, uh-huh. right? You know how they like their stuff. But for some reason, you don't know what their go-to order at Rita's is. Wait, you didn't may, get her anything? I May I ask you a question? Yes. While this debate <laughs> was going on, did something in the back of your mind go, she'll never know? <laughs> There might have been. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It you thought, you thought that if you ate it quickly enough, the remnants of it would be gone and she would not be none the wiser. No but fuss, no much. You didn't know her. You could take it. I'm sure you would have gotten something that she liked. There was a good chance Don't that... Don't come home with nothing. There was a good chance that said nap could have turned into a full night's sleep. Right. Or... You could put it in the freezer. Diane doesn't like it when Casey spends money on frivolous things, and she would have gotten mad that he spent money on. No, them. my wife. No. T- well, here, so here's yeah. my my situation. My wife will take five, six hour naps. Yeah, uh, you know. So, so I mean, there's she is, and I I, I commend her for this. Yes. it happened over the weekend. There's, there's the, it's the ice cream bakery on on Ridge. And they have great soft ice cream. And so I was, I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting a damn cone as I pass by. Not the traditional 80 car line going in. And I'm like, I'm going for it. But I, ju- I call an audible. Yeah. And I bought her as something and, and it was a home run. I kind of knew what she wanted. Yeah. But I mean, you, you do the gesture. Yeah. It's, and that, that buys you. They, well, I gave it a shot. Yeah. My wife just sent me a text. She goes, you don't have to wake me up. Just buy me my favorite flavor. Now, I'm going to admit. I don't know what your favorite flavor is. Right. At any, name a store, and I can tell you what she gets from that store. I believe for, that. For some reason, Rita's, I'm like, I don't know what your favorite flavor is there. Rita's is a sweet spot thing, too. I mean, like, that. that's a very specific, you're omitting somebody from you going there, right? So, yeah. and, and in my household, if I were to do that, uh, that would be the end of the relationship. <laughs> so, uh, I would, Casey, not wake her, though. Right. I would take an educated guess and try and bring something home. Yes, of course. I, did, I did not do that, and I made a mistake. Wow. The educated guess with the purchase will will, will buy you the insurance you, you need. Tried. Yeah. You tried, yeah. I'm you didn't tr- even try. Sorry, Morris. No, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw out this option. Um, just buy multiple very small ones, even if it's just two. Say I tried to take a guess, and then if one of those happens to be your favorite flavor, Casey, then you win in the outside in the end because you get to enjoy it as well. And also, what my the my, gesture. My story is much more selfish. I uh, the uh, big top surf and Sundays came by our house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Rochelle was taking a nap, and I'm like, I'll, I'll just zip out and get a you know get a thing, and she'll be asleep, and she'll never know. She'll never know. And by the way, ice cream, I don't think, think keeps as well 
right. in I the freezer say, as yes. as water ice might. So then maybe water that's ice a definitely little does caveat. not keep as well in the freezer. Not no, my. Well, freezer. you're right. It if gets... it stays in there too long, it's. Yeah. I, I don't like that frozen <laughs> solid. No, yeah, yeah it comes like an ice cube. Yes, but but I in, in my mind I was like she'll never know, she'll never know, and then she knew, and then I what happened? She gave me the hard time. She's like, you went without me. My freaking daughter died me out, man. Dude, yeah. I do feel like though, like the, the bond of trust has been broken, right? And I paid. I'm watching her. you. Yeah, because you know why? Because she probably I'm understood. For you. <laughs> <laughs> no, she understood because, and I hate to be like that person, but like a lot of guys are the same when it comes to things like this. Like you, it's it, it's just common sense. Like, why would you have not picked your wife up something, even if it went in the freezer, even if it became a block of ice? She would have been like, "Oh, okay. Well, he helped me out. It's tried. not great, tried, yeah. and I'll go get my own tomorrow or something like that." But like, no, you're right. You're my, absolutely my- right. And and my house is filled with people. And you know, I probably should have asked my mom if she wanted something, and I didn't. You know, me Why and didn't Avery you just tell me. <laughs> me and Avery just snuck out. And uh, oh my god, I did ask my older daughter. Casey said no. She didn't want anything. She was like, she's no, the one Yeah. <laughs> For now, then it's okay to do something for just you. Yeah, all right, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back you on this because oh, I was man. thinking the same thing, man. If I got a Rochelle, then I got to ask you the kids, and then it's a whole big thing. I don't and have then that. I got to mm-hmm. wait for these guys to all get their shoes on and come outside and get it. And by the time we get out there, it's gonna be a huge line. Yes, I could just zip in and zip right back out and get my little cone and eat it, and I'm a happy man. May I suggest something though? You probably shouldn't have had kids, right? <laughs> the, the kids you can, right. the kids you can take off the list, but not the wife. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? No, you cannot take your kids off. Like, if Absolutely. you are going out to get ice cream, a thing that a child would Don't love. eat that food. Eat, eat, eat vegetables. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm going to go get ice cream, but you're going to stay home, and I'm not going to get any for you. Well, exactly. I, I got the double middle finger last night, okay? That's pretty harsh. She uh, well, that. I mean, she, you know, she's... Jokingly. You know, jokingly, right. but, you know, still, there was a double... There was intent... And uh, and so what I'm saying is... You Were your lips discolored from the Rita's water ice? <laughs> yes, no. Yeah, I, what are you dude, talking about? Dude, I went, there, why are your lips blue? I went like flesh colored. I was like, you so you never know. I got lemon. Yeah. Yeah. Do you My, have any flesh colored ices? <laughs> By the Peach? way. <laughs> My new favorite flavor is they have a Florida orange. They didn't have Florida orange last night, but they did have an orange cream. So I went lemon on top, orange cream on the bottom. <laughs> you... You thought about that. You thought about your mouth being discolored? No, it's just my favorite flavor. The yeah, lemon is that would be the best. So he's got these big, <laughs> bright purple lips. What are you talking what are you about? Talking about? Really cold. No, I, I, I just cold. no, I just miss Prince. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to give me the double middle finger, then you have to make sure that you every sign every time you get something somewhere, you either text me or surprise me with something. Here's and that is never the case. So I could have gotten the the uh, the Sunday that she, she likes, but I got the ribbon, soft chocolate, um, and oh. vanilla ice cream. And I also, you do things to buy you a, yourself a little insurance. Yeah. I got her a quart of it Ugh. so that she could. I failed. Yeah. I failed. I definitely failed. Okay, I failed. <sighs> But I, okay, but I, what, what's your flavor? What's your favorite flavor? I don't know what your favorite flavor is. Did she is. ever tell you? No, let's see if she... You need to know now for well, your... This is actively happening right now. Yeah, it's actually... Okay, he's checking his text messages. Yeah, it, it, does, it does not indicate. Now, what would I... Do you, guys, do you guys all know your... Do you know your roster of favorite menu items for your significant other? I mean, give I me mean, a store and I'll tell you. When it comes to I, Well, I know something that I could get that she'd like. Yeah. Right. Know, yeah, maybe yeah, not you... her favorite, but yeah. 
Right. Like yeah. if, uh, no, just when it comes to desserts, I know my business. You know, okay. like, yeah, you know, likewise. like that's that's important. And if I were to swing by an ice cream store and not get her something or a Rita's or whatever, I, I would know what to get. Yeah. I like <laughs> if I'm if I'm ordering takeout, eh, it's more of a guessing game. I'm actually my ability to call an audible is quite sensational. On desserts and or I, I, now mind you, I'm not dealing with kids. I'm dealing with one person I can focus right, yeah, in on. Yeah. So with it with everything. Uh, however, we'll do this thing, and, and I'll uh, I'll be going out to you know get, get milk from the Wawa. So you want anything? And, and she'll she'll look at me and she'll do this, this thing we do. She'll why don't you surprise me? Oh, and and I always uh, and I always nail it. Steve, huh. I could get you dessert. Yes, you know. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, if Steve was like, oh yeah, I'll take dessert. Like I I I would know what to get him. Right, sure. right. Chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate chip cookies, <laughs> brownies, dark something chocolate dark chocolate. Ice cream. Yes. No what whipped cream. No whipped cream. <laughs> You can get me anything. I'll eat it. Yeah, you're more of well, because you you like to try. I stuff like sandwich. But your favorite your favorite recent is the well pistachio, pistachio. is my favorite. That's now at the of top of the list. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I bought some pistachio uh, gelati. Yeah. Uh, gelato, I guess I should say. Uh, dessert wise, you know what's uh, become a little bit overrated is that chocolate lava cake. Oh, but it's so good. No, I was just talking to my wife. I said, is there any situation in which chocolate lava cake is not applicable? (laughs) You seen the movie Chef? Yeah. When he wigs out on the chocolate lava cake. What is it? What's he say? Because it's uh, well, it's, 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 it's a chocolate it's, ganache. It's, it's, it's frozen. Yeah, it's frozen, and you cook it, and that's how it becomes molten in the middle. He's just <laughs> this this uh, critic doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. understand how it's made, and he's just wigging out, and he's like, "It's more to it than you think." But yeah, chocolate. Lava a lot of places won't let you good. do take out chocolate uh, lava cake. Lava cake because because it's it's not going to port well. Yeah, right. I can't turn away uh, a bread pudding if I'm out to dinner. And that is on the dessert menu. I have to. So, you yeah. know, the Desmond has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's one Philly's best for their bread pudding. And it, it is sensational. I know a little bit of the secret of their bread pudding. Oh, hot dog rolls. Hot dog rolls. You know what else? Uh, the Those Hawaiian rolls? The, um, yes. King's Hawaiian? Mm-hmm. Those ones are really good. Yep. And the best dessert I've had in the last uh, couple of years is actually they had any this. dessert you don't have to get for your wife. <laughs> that one, or I there's... told you the one we had in Hawaii that had, that had, they have a giant Hawaiian king roll and mm. they hollow it out and they put the ice cream, they toast it, they put the ice cream inside there, like drizzle honey and and uh, what you know uh, maybe uh, pineapple sauce something in Hawaii, and then they they put the uh, uh, the other toasted. Oh, the bun back on that with some whipped cream and all this stuff. We're gonna fantastic. King's Hawaiian bread pudding recipe. Is that what you're talking about, Preston? No, no. no this was a this was a, an ice cream dessert oh, uh, that oh. I had in Hawaii on Kauai. Maybe we should go to Hawaii right now. <laughs> Let's get going, <laughs> yeah. Bill. Uh, just no. bring bring back something for your wife. <laughs> the <laughs> Outback Steakhouse yeah, has. <laughs> we came real quick. Uh, no, um, Outback Steakhouse has this. Uh, it's like a toffee cookie ice cream thing. Mm. Yeah, that's that's you should get that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. Um, so here we're talking about part two. Yeah. Um, but, the judgment call. I I failed. Yep, I failed. and okay. and I failed too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this last time. So uh, you know, I I got the I didn't get the riot act, but I got the guilt trip, and yeah. so I'll make sure I get something next time. What or, is your or I'll be even flavor? more sneaky, Kathy? At uh, at uh, what, what can you not go wrong with at Rita's for you? Lemonade, lemonade, cherry. Uh, sure. I'm not. I'm not a Rita's person. All right. Let, <laughs> let, let me ask you guys. To me, it's not that worth the what, what, what am I inclined to get? What, when I go to Rita's, Rita's? What, am, what am I going to get? Well, there are really good chocolate desserts. A custard. 
Kathy knows. Right. I told you I could go yeah. get something for Steve. Their chocolate custard is <laughs> oh, chocolate custard sensational. All right, because I like the gelatis. The gelatis are really good too. Yeah. I like cherry and vanilla. Yeah, it's together. a basic, but yep. um, that's my go-to. But but the Reese's ones that they have there are unreal. Reese's, yeah, like Reese's pieces, yeah. gelatis, and uh, they're almost like a blizzard. My inclination like is to go <laughs> is to go if you're going to go like pieces of like uh, chocolate, or, that has to be an ice cream. I like I gotcha. it, as far as water ice. I prefer the fruit flavors okay. because that's how water ices occur in nature. That's right. right. The water what would be your, what would be your fruit flavor? That you uh, I, 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 classic lemon, believe it or not. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a good Can't one. Go wrong. Yeah, that is good. All right. Well, speaking of good, uh, the cooling caravan is a truckload of good. And T-Mobile sponsored this, and they're uh, headed to a second location. There's three locations this morning. Uh, Tolsdorf Oil Lube Express in Exton. Vince Zimmerman emailed in, and it said, We're one of the countless companies who stayed open and working throughout the pandemic. This summer has been brutal, especially brutal in the heat. Oh, yeah. The gang here works hard at day after day in a shop with no air conditioning. Oh, my God. There are loads of complaints we could share, but none that I could have you say on the radio. So, I'll just say thank you, President Steve, T-Mobile, and Dunkin' Donuts. So, we've sent over iced coffee for that gang from Dunkin' and uh, T-Mobile as well. So, thank you to the Dunkin' Community Cruiser and uh, making everybody happy. And thank you guys for listening to MMR and getting in touch with us. We're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second and some bizarre file stories await you, friends. Stay with us. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Before the B-File, a couple shout-outs real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. few that I have um, let kind of build up here. So i got to blow them out. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, Float a, uh, an air biscuit. This one says, hey, you crumb bums. I'm uh, requesting a birthday shout-out for my husband, Jonathan Sauer, to be played at any time as we are both avid podcasters. Oh. He's the best husband and father to our two young boys. He even has my three-year-old saying, la di da di da di da ah, bees. His positivity and fun-loving nature has kept me sane this past year, and I'm so lucky to have him in my life, and I know he would love a good juicy shout-out to start his day. That it says, from his wife, Michelle. So here you go. This is Michelle Martino, by the way. Uh, this one says, hey, Preston, I was recently in New Hampshire at the Climb to the Clouds event and was working with a couple from the area who were also working the event, and we were flagging the race up Mount Washington. During the downtime, we got to talking... They both went to college in Philadelphia, where they both became diehard fans of your show. So please wow. give Tim and Monica a big shout out as they listen every day on the podcast just to make their day. Thanks. Uh, Mark says, I'm also an everyday listener uh, since the early days, so rock on. So here you go. That's a shout out for you guys. Uh, and then this one says, on June 14th, 2016, you guys granted a shout out request from me to my wife on the birth of our first child, Nicholas. Uh, it was awesome and greatly appreciated. Now, if you don't mind, I'd like to send a request uh, for for Nicholas. He's starting kindergarten, Aww. and I'm not ready. Uh, we live in North Carolina, and he used to ask me why I was crying when we would listen to you on the fancy thinking phone. Uh, he didn't realize I was actually laughing very hard at Steve's jokes. And now he'll be driving to school with my wife tomorrow, so we won't be able to listen together, but it'll make him feel privileged to hear this. I'm his biggest fan, and I hope that he has an awesome first day 
of kindergarten. Thank you for the consideration. You guys rock. That's from Ken DiOrio. So, so there you go. By the way, this was sent on uh, the 22nd, so I missed the actual first day of school. So, But you can play this. Well, maybe they're graduating today. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I had to look up Climb to the Clouds event because they, they do have a cycling race that goes up Mount Washington. But it looks like this one is crazy. It's a car race. Up uh, Mount Washington. Uh, Washington? That yeah. seems kind of dangerous. Well, so they do it timed, right? So you're not racing, you know, all at once. So like it's a, off the edge of the... Right. But <laughs> if you've ever driven up there, there that is, that's pretty dangerous, you man. Can they, you road. can easily run off the road there. Yeah. Wow. That uh, That is crazy. There was a, I forget where it was. It was in... Well, no, it was actually it was Palm Springs, and it was a a, a a a mountain road up that was you you had they actually had to check to see if there was anyone coming down before you went up. One of those scenarios. That's how thin the yeah. road was. You can drive up uh, Pikes Peak in Colorado. That's yeah. a fun one too. Yeah, Mount Washington. You get the you know the bumper sticker that says this car climbed Mount Washington. Can uh, you so do Everest yet? You can't do Everest <laughs> yet. Well, we're watching video footage of this race. That guy was hitting 130 at one point. Did you see that? Yes, or, I did. Uh, and that's going up the. <laughs> going up this mountain road that's wild and eventually you get up above the trees and it is just i mean there are no it's because you're flying off a cliff you're flying off a cliff <laughs> above the trees i can see my house <laughs> i can fly it only lasts for a little bit and then it's over um when we were driving up it my wife was a little uneasy because she i, I wasn't because i was driving and i was in control of the vehicle so i i was okay with that yeah. but um, I, I couldn't imagine going, I, you know, you're going like what, 20 miles per hour max, something mm-hmm. like that. So this I guy's going a lot faster, <laughs> a lot faster. Wow. Interesting. Well, that's crazy. All right. Um, we're going to do the bizarre file. So here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre file. Brought to you by Maury's Beers. Uh, celebrate Oktoberfest at Maury's Beers with MMR's big friggin' deal. This week, two one-day ride passes uh, for Maury's. Oktoberfest are only $45. So get this exclusive offer now through Sunday at WMMR and WMMR.com. The keyword is deal. Hurry because supplies are Limited. A tourist from Indiana was attacked and injured by a grizzly bear at Denali National Park Preserve in Alaska this past Monday. The 55-year-old tourist, whose name was not released, was hiking alone in dense fog in the Thoroughfare Pass area. I can't see a goddamn thing. (laughs) When a mother bear and multiple cubs charged him from nearby bushes. Uh, he had puncture wounds to a calf, his left ribs, and his left shoulder. He's lucky. Uh, the victim used bear spray, uh, and that may have cut the attack short, the Park Service indicated. He walked, this great. What is that? He walked a mile and a half to a visitor center where medical personnel vacationing at Denali treated him as a park bus driver called 911. <clears throat> the hiker was uh, taken to a medical center near the park before he was transferred to Fairbanks Hospital about 120 miles away. Bear spray has to be, I mean, and you see how it dispenses. It's a solid, you know, robust spray, but it has to be so potent when you're dealing with a charging grizzly bear. Yeah. Uh, So the Park Service said due to the apparent defensive nature of this attack, there are no plans to locate the bear involved. Female bears or cubs are naturally defensive of their young, especially when surprised. So there's no indication that the bear is unusually dangerous. Good advice to not go hiking in a fog, too. In Kentucky, the Meade County School District is dealing with an unusual situation. A group of high school students is attending school acting like and dressing as cats. 
The super I like this. The superintendent said the situation is being addressed, but according to a concerned grandparent, it's an ongoing problem that has many students on edge. Especially because of bathroom time. Uh, the grandmother said, apparently, from what I understand, they're called furries. <laughs> oh. They identify with animals, these people. They will hiss at you or scratch at you if they don't like something you're doing, according to the grandmother. Uh, she said, it's not a new problem either. She said, I was hearing rumblings of this last year. And but no- are they full furry, Preston? Uh, like, all no. the full? Okay. This is what she claims. So. Uh, I got you. But it really got bad, she said, when they went back to school this year. I have two grandkids in the school. My grandkids didn't want to go to school anymore. She said the issue gained attention on social media once people started sharing photos and videos of the feline costumes and behavior. So maybe they're wearing full costumes. I read initially they were just uh, wearing uh, ears and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, she said, I started getting videos and messages from kids, and I said, okay, I'm going to post this so parents know what's going on. The grandmother said a petition to end the practice was created by students and has more than a thousand signatures. The students are told they can't wear hats or Budweiser shirts in school, <laughs> but they can wear cat ears, cattails, masks, and leashes. Yeah, come on, doesn't make sense. But according to the superintendent, Mark Martin, uh, a petition is not needed. He said the costumes violate the school's dress code and that they will put an end to it right away. I got to share with you guys the furry story with my family. Yes, I do want to hear that yeah, eventually. It's a good one. I talked to my dad and my brother last night, and there are some funny details that came about. Right. I definitely want to hear we'll it. We'll share it next week. Yeah. Police in London arrested a man they say was injecting food at several grocery stores with needles. Metropolitan uh. police are getting reports of a man shouting at people in the street, and authorities are told the man, who has not been identified, had gone into Little Waitrose. Uh, Sainsbury's local and a Tesco Express and was injecting foodstuffs with a number of needles. Uh, the man was taken into custody and these stores were closed. Police are now investigating what was in the needles and if the man contaminated food at any right, other stores. Right, right. Uh, the affected food items are thought to be processed meat and microwavable products. The police do not know for sure that those are the only foods the man is accused That's scary. of tainting. Yes, it is. Uh, all right, number two. We ain't got time for a couple more. A Twin Cities motorcyclist suffered a broken leg when he was cra- when he crashed into a driver who fled from the scene, and then he was robbed while he was knocked unconscious. Oh, come on! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Evan Wise captured the crash on his helmet camera, which shows a car pull out in front of him in an apparent attempt to make a U-turn in Minneapolis last Sunday. Wise hit the brakes, but it was too late. He hit the driver's side door, flipped over the car. His helmet camera flew off, but landed facing both Wise and the car. It kept Man. on recording, showing the driver speeding away. He said, I was blacked out after I hit the car. The camera was still rolling as a number of people gathered around him on the street. Some yelled not to touch him. Others can be heard calling the police. Quickly, someone mug him. Uh, unfortunately, Wise later learned that one of the people that surrounded him stole money from his wallet. That's as low as it he gets. Said, I couldn't tell exactly who may have swiped the money. I mean, you know, pickpocketers are really good at what they do. And who drew the penis on his forehead? Wise <laughs> suffered a small fracture in his leg and a concussion as well. Uh, Then we'll do one more story and wrap. Uh, A mom in England was surprised when she went upstairs to check on her young child and found that she had taken a pair of scissors to some money that she had. Oh, no. Uh, She had taken scissors to a 20-pound sterling note and a fiver and cut out images of Queen Elizabeth's face (laughs) to attach them to her dolls. That's adorable. Uh, Victoria Ingham uploaded photos of her daughter's creation to Facebook, noting that she was highly amused. 
uh, by her daughter's decision, but that she is also broke. <laughs> and since then, one of her friends set up a GoFundMe account to help replenish the lost funds. Uh, the account quickly racked up 125 pounds sterling, uh, which Ingham says she will donate to the children's ward at the James Cook University Hospital. And that is all I have in the bizarre file for you. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we'll prep a question for you and see if you've been listening all morning long. It'll be a uh, lesson question. Uh, Trash and Music News up as well. We'll be back in a moment. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Quarter after 10, Friday morning. Getting near the end of the program. Just heads up that we have one final letter to get for the Word of the Week prize. We'll give it away in a little while. Uh, but in the meantime, we got something else we'd like to set you up with. We have our lesson question. It's a digital download of the Conjuring or the conjuring, as we like to call the it. Conjuring. Uh, it's the devil made me do it. And the question that we will go with this morning goes way back to 6.40 a.m. Aaron Paul didn't win an Emmy, but he did win three what? 215-263-WMMR. Nothing like a flub for a repeated phrase over the morning. So Aaron Paul did not win an Emmy, but he won a what? Three of them, actually. 215-263-WMMR. If you heard it, you should call because we got a prize for you. And we'll do the trash while you're calling it. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by Maury's Piers. You can celebrate Oktoberfest at Maury's with uh, MMR's big friggin' deal. This week, two one-day ride passes for Maury's Piers. Oktoberfest are only $45. Get this exclusive offer now through Sunday at WMMR.com. Keyword deal. Hurry. Supplies are limited. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, as you said earlier, President Kim Kardashian West is keeping West in her name, even though she and Kanye are no more. Kim did admit that she had briefly considered taking her name in a new direction. (laughs) (laughs) Is a West. That was good. Thank you. Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are expecting their second baby, but insist this in no way means they're back together. Kylie says Scott simply tripped on a welcome mat one day and implanted seminal fluid in her fallopian tube. Hey! And finally, Honey Boo Boo, now 16 years old, telling Teen Vogue how she stays positive despite face and body criticism. Honey Boo Boo says it's easy to feel pretty when most of your family has teeth growing in their ears. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood trash. All righty, we're going to search and see if somebody knows the answer to this question. Aaron Paul did not win an Emmy, but he did win three what? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if John knows. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. All right, so it wasn't an Emmy, it was a... Nami. (laughs) Or Ami, yeah, yeah, exactly. I was saying Nami. Uh, John, hang on the line. We're going to give you a digital download of The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. The Terrifying Conjuring Universe continues. Ed and Lorraine Warren 
are back unraveling their most sinister case yet. And you can own it now on digital and Blu-ray. Let's get a little music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by... Red Beans. August marks their 46th anniversary, and they're celebrating with the biggest sales event ever. You can go enjoy a better experience and see why it's better at Beans. You can get uh, free, you can check FredBeans.com uh, for information. So, Kiss was forced to postpone last night's gig at Burgett Towns. Oh, Burgett's Town, oh, Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. P- Pennsylvania Pavilion, and uh, Star Lake after Paul Stanley tested positive for COVID. Now, I'd gotten a uh, text from my, my stepsister is a huge Kiss fan. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. And she had uh, she had said that um, uh, he was having heart trouble. She had read that he was having heart right. trouble. He, he dismissed that, though, he right? He did, yeah. So Kiss posted a message on social media that said, Tonight's Kiss show uh, is unfortunately postponed due to Paul Stanley testing positive for COVID. More information and show dates will be made as soon as possible. The question is, is, is he symptomatic? Everyone on the entire tour, both band and crew, are fully vaccinated. The band and their crew have operated in a bubble independently to safeguard everyone as much as possible at each show. There's only and, so much you can do, right? And in between shows, that's correct, Gene. So after reading online rumors that he had been hospitalized with heart issues... Paul tweeted to fans, people, I'm fine. I am not in the ICU. My heart allows me to do 26 miles a day on my bike. Mm. I don't know where this came from, but it is absolute nonsense. It's hogwash and hokum. Yeah, there's no word on uh, if these shows will be postponed. KISS is next scheduled to play on Saturday at Raleigh, North Carolina's Coastal Credit Union Music Park. May I suggest something here, uh, looking at uh, pictures of Paul Stanley? It might be wise from here on in to keep that makeup on. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Oh, you don't? But I think, well, I, I guess I sort of do. But, uh, no, he, he um, Gene, for some reason, I think it has, because Gene had uh, basically an entire face transplant, mm-hmm. looks a little bit more taut, I guess. I remember uh, when uh, they video they showed that. And I guess, geez, they had a reality show, right? The, yep, the Family, Family Jewels. Family yes. Jewels. Yep. And they had footage of his... Face. Facelift. Yeah, did a facelift. Lift yeah. it off, basically, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but Paul, Paul's had work done, but it's um, it's not as, uh, I don't think it was done as well as I James. mean, he's great. And obviously his jazz stuff and all that stuff is very cool. It's just, uh, I, sometimes it's like, wow. It's like uh, Mickey Rourke. He looked better in Sin City than he does in real life. And if we're going <laughs> to offer Gene advice, I, I'd go with Paul's hairstyle as opposed to right. the helmet that Gene has. It looks like a G.I. Joe, doesn't it? It does. It, it looks like an overgrown G.I. Joe. It, look, it looks like an eraser on the top of my head. Limp Bizkit are making things clear. They won't be performing any upcoming scheduled shows at all this year. <laughs> That's devastating news. Well, they already announced the cancellation of their headlining tour dates. The group posted on Instagram. To all the libraries we were both into uh, to make sure that fans understand they also won't be performing any festival dates as well. The post read in part to be more clear as some promoters are a bit behind on keeping you updated. All of our scheduled performances were canceled weeks ago and it says, yes, we are all fine. Thank you. We're all fine here now. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Uh, and then it's great uh, to be here on the Death Star. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Listen, we are kissing. It's an honor to be here on the Death Star. Uh, the construction and everything is very impressive, and I'm thanks to Lord Vader for the tour we got earlier. Lord <laughs> Vader. <laughs> God. 
Uh, I didn't know they did a Death Star they tour. They did a Death Star game. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's not like you just play one no. venue on the Death Star. I think it's the size of a damn planet. <laughs> Small moon, really. They could do it. safe on this. I mean, what could go wrong? They could do a whole tour. It's on. not like they left some vent open that could <laughs> blow the whole thing up. <laughs> well, as we did learn from Rogue One, that was uh, had that was intended to be that. Right, yeah, so we're, I got to right. I got to throw a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to throw a little love to the constructors of yeah, the Death yeah, Star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should we put a lid on this? Nah, nah. <laughs> Uh, so anyhow, uh, it was 30 years ago today that Pearl Jam released his debut album, Ten. Ten. Which peaked at number two. <laughs> two. On the bill. On the bill. Two. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Got any other numbers floating around? I need Thornton Mellon saying four. Yeah. We do have, um, though, we do have two. We do have lots two. of numbers. <laughs> we have lots of numbers. But we have uh, <laughs> Casey Kasem. From Hamilton as well. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, those. yeah. Was Casey Kasem in Hamilton? Number four. It's great to be here as Hamilton. <laughs> oh, he's the title role. Yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway, uh, the album, Ten, has sold over 13 million copies in the U.S. alone. Uh, the album's key tracks alive. Even Flo and Jeremy helped redefine rock radio along with those by se- fellow Seattle bands Nirvana and Soundgarden, which laid waste to the dying days of hair metal and ushered in the grunge era. At the time of 10's release, Eddie no, Vedder, uh, frontman Eddie Vedder, spoke about the connection all Seattle bands had to each other, both musically and personally. And I'll, I'll read this verbatim. Probably a coincidence, too. There's some really brilliant... <laughs> <laughs> there's, some, there's some really brilliant musical minds, too. Uh, Chris Cornell, the guy's writing and the way he writes music and lyrics and all these people, like I said, just coincidence. You know, somebody like Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. And so I'm, what? I'm not sure what he said there. I don't even know what that means. He hadn't really practiced his interviewing skills at this point. This is <laughs> the early 90s. He's just sort of ratting off crap. Uh, Jeff Ament uh, said that Pearl Jam's initial goals when they started it's out... It would explain the Allison Chains coffee in Seattle. <laughs> Fox Trout, Ohio, golf. <laughs> See? Uh, you needed work. <laughs> I have to expand on that, eh? He was trying. Yeah. yeah. And you know, he had I mean, thoughts in there. Just uh, like, you actually wanted to mean something? <laughs> yeah. you got to articulate that stuff. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Jeff Amon said they uh, they started out, their initial goals were decidedly modest. He said, you know, I think we all thought like if we sold fifty to 60,000 records, that would allow us to make a new record. And I think mostly we wanted to just get out and play. I think we wanted to be a touring band, and we wanted to be better musicians, and we wanted to be more powerful and tighter. And we knew in that process we'd be better songwriters. And so I think for us, at the time, the focus was just to be a better band. Stone Gossard had said, uh, talked about why he thinks Pearl Jam remains strong after 30 years together. He said, I think we're really, uh, we really respect one another. Uh, We've been together long enough that we know how lucky we are to be in this position. Right. So I think there's a lot of gratitude in the band and a lot of like, when we show up together, we're like, wow, uh, we have our own warehouse and we get to plug in our amps and we're going to write some new songs and somebody cares about it. And, you know, we're just going to put a record out. And we sold some tickets, and he said, I mean, these things are not just things we take for granted because we're totally aware of how fortunate we are. That's a common thing. We were just talking with Sandra Bernhardt. We were talking about that, about you keeping, always sort of being amazed that you are where you are. I mean, thinking, obviously, that you have at least some ability to be where you are, but, um, you know, never, never taking it for granted, the blessing that it is. 
Uh, so today, uh, Pierre's a special edition of Vinyl Cut. He's going to track all of side one that starts at 2 p.m. I'm going to join him for that. And uh, cool. also, I'm up on uh, on PrestonSteve.com and WMMR.com. A whole bunch of uh, Beasley DJs, including Matt Cord. Uh, and I reminisced about our thoughts on 10 and on uh, No Code, which also came out 25 years ago this week. So, Which album do you prefer? Uh, well, I mean, 10 is... Ten is ten. It's the yeah. first album. It's it's how we were introduced ten. to the band. But I really think that No Code is underrated. I think it's a great record. What People, songs are on No Code? Uh, in My Tree, Present Tense, which was used so well in uh, Last Dance, which is a documentary about Jordan and the Bulls. Um, Smiles on there. It's a great song. Uh, Who You Are. So it's I don't know any of those songs. No. You do. You just don't remember that you know them. It, it was it was at the point where. Pearl Jam's popularity started to be a detriment to them. So there was so there was a pushback against the band at that point. They weren't on the cover of Rolling Stone anymore. They were they were um, they were being taken down a notch. And so they still got a lot of radio play. They just weren't uh, the cool new hip band anymore. And, right. and so, but No Code really is an underrated record. So it's the 20, 25th anniversary of that this week too. Okay. And then one last thing: uh, there's a ticket raid for the MM Barbecue on Saturday tomorrow. Yeah. Um, it will be, you know, where, where is it? Oh, uh, join the MM Army today. I'm sorry. It's today. Yeah, from 5 to 7 p.m. at Live Casino and Hotel. It's a and great place. On Packer Avenue. Uh, and very we, clean. Yeah, it's very clean. And you can uh, win tickets every 15 minutes. Uh, luxury hotel, gaming, bars, restaurants in the heart of South Philly, Live Casino and Hotel, Philadelphia. Um, and uh, that will be, like I said, today from 5 to 7. Join the MM Army. Tickets every fifteen minutes. Honestly, it's well worth your time if you're really, you know, uh, the amount of tickets that are given away, and you're, you're just turning around, and, and more are being given out. And also, live uh, casino is very cool because where you step out, Preston, it's it, you forget where you are, and you look to the left, and there's Citizens Bank Park, yeah. and the yeah. entire it's just right there. Oh, and by the way, there's uh, there is going to be one on Saturday at Live Casino. It's an early one, eleven to one. Ooh. Tickets every 15 minutes. Look and at that other one. I love it! And then Saturday... You'll be back in time for Soul Train. At uh, Rita's uh, in Glenside. Casey, PA. you should go! I should, but I can't. <laughs> 3 to 5 p.m. at Rita's in Glenside uh, on Saturday. So two ticket rates on Saturday. So and there you go. That's what I got for you. Your uh, music news all wrapped up and done for your weekend. Let's take a break. Come back and wrap up the show and give away our Word of the Week prize. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Green Day. The Pretty Reckless. Nine Inch Nails with Health. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. Uh, 10.35 on a Friday. And we're coming to the end of uh, of our work for today. And uh, today's been a fun show. I want to thank Sandra Bernhardt yeah. for being on the program. She's great. Uh, she was. She's going to be at the City Winery, and that's on Filbert Street in Philly, and next Wednesday, 8 p.m. A real cabaret-type performance, comedy and singing and all that stuff. Get tickets at citywinery.com, by the way. Uh, and you know what? I need to mention our third and final stop on the cooling caravan. And it was at Materials Sciences LLC in Horsham. Cool. We got an email from Rachel Kelly. She said, we're a small engineering services company with a 50-year history and expertise in advanced materials and composite structures. 
Uh, in layman's terms, we have a lot of very smart people that solve challenging problems with cool technologies. Uh, she said, this break is well-deserved for all of my coworkers here at Material Sciences, LLC. We worked tirelessly through the pandemic, and we'll work around the clock to meet deadlines. Plus, we all love MMR. Ah, That's a nice. wonderful thing. So thank you, Rachel and the gang at Material Sciences, LLC, and Horsham for getting in touch. And thank you to T-Mobile, sponsoring the Cooling Caravan, and Duncan, who, of course, sent out the Duncan Community Cruiser that was filled with iced coffee and prizes from MMR and T-Mobile. So we're it's happy great. to bring that to you once again on another steamy day, the last of the steamy days uh, for the next couple of days. By the way, the weekend's going to be uh, much more comfortable. Just heads up, and we might uh, get some rain, too. Uh, Pierre is here in our fair <laughs> studio, and he's got tangled things, and he's getting unraveled and unwrapped and ready to go. I was already unraveled. Yes. <laughs> you about to snap your neck with your headphones. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I was. <laughs> you ready for that letter? Yeah, man. Yeah. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by the letter. Just trying to keep you on track. <laughs> I appreciate that, Bubba. E, as in early. All right. E is the last letter, and we need caller number five to reveal the word... 215-263-WMMR. So please give us a call right now, and we will see if uh, you end up getting through and is our, our big winner, I should say. Um, what's happening today, man? Well, um, we're going to do some fun things. Uh, Workforce Box will have Hailstorm. Kings of Leon are playing this weekend in town, and we have a, a Getty birthday to celebrate. So a block of Rush. Oh, Actually, it's Alex's Alex. birthday today. Exactly. Yes. We have Alex's <laughs> exactly. birthday today. Yeah. And uh, so it'll be awesome. time to celebrate uh, a block of Rush. I love that. Uh, and then uh, Nick has uh, graciously agreed to stay on, and we're going to have some fun with Pearl Jam. Um, um, we've been practicing. <laughs> That's what I heard. You have mentioned the um, square words. Yes. There are two or three on side one. Uh, that's probably an Jeremy. Under, uh, underestimate, but yeah, yeah. The, he, but see, the thing is with Eddie, you can't understand a word he's saying anyway, so like, you can't understand <laughs> if it's a curse or not. Nick, what's the song that opens up? It's it's a up-tempo song. Porch. Porch, yeah. yeah. What the, what what the, the F, F is this word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, great that one, song. That one, it is a great song. It starts off with a pretty strong yes. uh, curse word. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just be delicate in the editing process. Well, uh, Pancake actually took the vinyl. Uh, we have purple vinyl to play for cool. it. Um, and, uh, uh, has practiced potting it down. Nice. But what that means is if, if you imagine a console with the knobs on it, uh, you just pull the knob down real quick and take the volume away and then put it back up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and he's doing does. well? Uh, yeah. If he's anyone done, can do it, it's Pancake. He's done it very well. If it were me, every F-bomb would be <laughs> exposed. Yeah. As many of them have been, uh, whether I've wanted them to or not. Um, and they're back in the day. I mean, it wasn't until that stinking Janet Jackson I know. meltdown. We played a zillion songs that had F yeah. and S in fine. them. Yeah, and it was uh, fine. Did the world end? Excuse me, I think not. because Steve Miller, Funky S going down in the right. city. Who the F are you from the Who? And uh, all that stuff. Well, you know what? I fly regularly. All the time. Yeah. I one mean, of, 30 years of that yeah. stuff. More. One of the great aspects of the whole seven words you can't. Carlin created a list that did not exist. George Carlin, the great comedian and social commentator, and he created this list that was really never memorialized, you know, and then that's the list that kind of the FCC went with as words you can't say over regular broadcast channels. 
and uh, we've been screwed ever since. Right. Um, but, it, but it didn't hit an intensity level oh, until Janet Jackson, Jackson yeah. because right. up until, you know, that point, those songs could easily fly on the air. Well, and a curse word on television on an award show would occasionally get out yeah. of there. And, and then the world didn't end. Right. Um, however, um, after the Janet Jackson thing, the FCC started fining smaller mm-hmm. stations like us, like up to $100,000 for stuff like that. And so, for heaven's sake, what a piece of S. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Mother effer. All right, let's get some mother effer. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs> on the phone and see if we can get a prize to this person. Uh, we were looking for call number five. It's Angie. Hello. Hello there, Angie. Happy Friday. Same to you. What is our word of the week, Angie? Same. Great day in the effing morning! (laughs) That's correct, Angie. (laughs) Thank you. Since you got it right, we have a $300 Hens and Honey shop gift card for you. And they're in beautiful downtown Swedesboro, New Jersey. And the Honey Shop is a unique boutique of uh, bath products, handmade candles, stylish, high-quality clothing and accessories. And we're also going to throw in products from Alex uh, and Annie, Rice Love Bags, and Pure Vita. I think that comes with the prize. I'm not sure. Oh. But it's a $300 gift card. Nonetheless, a truly unique shopping experience at Hens and Honey Shop. All right? Thank you so much. Thank you, Angie. Hang on. We'll get your info, and we will take care of you. I wanted to do the word fame in honor ah. of Preston and Steve and the show being inducted into the National Radio Hall of Fame. Oh, thank you. Yay, yay, yay. I didn't catch that. That's awesome. Big Bill announced it on Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, so there man. it is. I yeah. appreciate it. By the way, you need to be in there. Yes. John DeBella needs to be in there. Uh, Jerry Blavitt needs to be in there. Is the Geeter not in there? The Geeter needs to be in there. No, he definitely does. Yeah. yeah. He should be in there well before me. Geeter done, uh, for crying out loud. I'm sorry. You couldn't help yourself, could you? Thank you, Larry Nick. I have concussions. All right, well, listen. (laughs) I want to thank our sponsors. President Steve's show has been brought to you today by Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve show. Uh, also, Acme, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, and the Renaissance Fair. Experience Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair at parenfair.com. Next week on our program, uh, as of now, we have Godfrey set up for next week, and we'll fill in the rest oh, of there's, it. Oh, it's so many, we can't really mention them all. That, is that what it is? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know that. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you later, gang. Bye-bye. At Lowe's, we believe fashion and function should live together, especially when it comes to flooring. That's why we put together a showroom with the top stylish brands like Bruce Hardwood, Smartcore Luxury Vinyl, and Satori Tile, all known for their reliable durability. See everything our showroom has in store for you. Order now and get it installed with help from Lowe's. Home to any budget, home to any possibility. Install available in-store only and through independent contractors. See Lowe's.com for details and licensing. U.S. only.